You're listening to Live and Loud with the Lord, Nelson, that is. gentlemen once again you know who it is it is yours truly the lord nelson that is from the podcast live and loud with the lord on the cms network with five royals entertainment and ladies and gentlemen we have a very 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 special guest and and as usual i gotta read off some of the greatness about this individual and i hope he doesn't mind if i take a little time to read off something about him Ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased and honored to have this Chi-Tail legend and representative who is blessing me with his presence. When you think of Chicago thrash metal, you think about his band. If you're looking for high energy and that Autobahn music driving metal, well, boom, you got it right here. He's got it. Fast-paced, energetic with a punk rock vibe that's so entertaining. I'm truly geeked to have him here to talk about the past, present, and future. And without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the Live and Loud with the Lord podcast, Charlie from Aftermath. Yeah. It's great to be here, man. It's great to be here. And like, like I was telling you right earlier, it's the perfect time to talk, nighttime. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, man. Quiet outside, no distractions. Your mind could think. Well, we're night guys, like you said. Yes, so. indeed. Yes, indeed. 100%. So, my first Thanks question. for having me, man. I really appreciate it, though. First Come on, all. man. It's my pleasure, man. Most definitely. First question, too. first question, where are you from, young man? You mean uh, born? I was yes. born, I was born in Greece, Yeah. but, but I, uh, my parents, we moved here to Chicago in mm-hmm. uh, ninth, uh, I was uh, not even, um, probably nine months old. Oh, really? Old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I never remember that, but after like we came here, but then uh, not the first uh, eight or nine years when we were here. Mm-hmm. Well, my point is, we started going to Greece a lot in the summertime. Right. So it's like when we returned, it was uh, uh it was just so great because uh, we were Chicago kids that we lived in the inner city. You know, we we yeah. didn't have a suburban home. We lived in an apartment building and everything in right. the city, and it was kind of like a gang neighborhood and everything mm-hmm. because it was almost like we grew up at a place called Albany Park, mm-hmm. not too far from the Aragon Ballroom, that area. Okay. And, and uh. It was uh, one of those neighborhoods where everybody started leaving because we had a high school called Von Steuben, and it was known as a bad reputation. Every parent thought, like, I remember the worry of all the parents because we were getting closer to the fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth. And uh, <laughs> our school was uh, uh, kindergarten through sixth grade, uh-huh. but then the school was seventh and eighth grade in high school together because we had too many kids in our grammar school. So they had, the middle school was at a high school. And so I remember right when uh, they moved out of the neighborhood, man, like all the families, and we were the only ones left because my dad worked downtown as a tailor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he didn't drive. So he used to take the train out there. And he worked down by the Gold Coast, Russian Oak. That's a known area in Chicago, Rush Street. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they had a dry cleaners. And it was kind of cool for us when we were little because 
like the Playboy tower building was right. You don't remember? It said Playboy on the skyline. And they had yeah, his tailor shop and cleaners was a big place, right? Called Alpine Cleaners. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, the Playboy uh, bunny outfits used to come to the store with the bow. With the, wow. The, the, the uh, wow. I remember uh, the bass player from Sticks, Chuck Panazzo, would always come uh-huh. there. And every, I remember every time we met him, we were Van Halen fans back then when we were little kids. <laughs> and every time, like, you, you, we always felt like he got disappointed that we didn't. Oh, every time we, we only asked him about if Van Halen, we had, you know, a couple of times he goes, These kids retarded. They keep asking me if we know any Van Halen. <laughs> Kept going, Well, we thought he was brushing it off. We go, Man, he knows more. But every time we had, he goes, Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. And then he would change the subject. We go, Why isn't that saying more if he knows him, you know, little kid? <laughs> and, uh, and the best part about it was, uh, Oh, um, the Jacksons, their uniform, all their, uh, their, uh, I think what tour was 79 or something like that. When the Jacksons did a tour and they had uh, uniforms with all little round mirrors on them, on jumpsuits and stuff. Right. I remember, I, I remember I ripped off one mirror for one of those because they were little round mirrors, you know? And so and, you're uh, saying that your parents, I mean, your father, they cleaned those. That that was, they came to yeah, the dry cleaning. cleaning. Oh, yeah, awesome. Dry awesome. Even Jane Byrne, the mayor back then was a regular uh-huh. at the cut. And then my dad goes, you remember Jane Byrne? She was around during the show. Well, you're not from here, but she was a female mayor. You know, we had right before, okay. uh, in 79. Uh-huh. And she lost the mayor because we had a big blizzard here or something like that around that time, you know? Right, right. And uh, and uh, so the point was that, that going to Greece was we seen another world. And then it, it got to the point where I ended up loving going to Europe so much because the culture was so different. Yes. And as soon as we came, like late teens, we did our first summer alone is me, my brother, and and uh, actually the guitar player in Aftermath, Steve. Uh-huh. You know? And we went through Europe. We started in England, backpacking, We, you know? And... Uh, it was an amazing adventure, man, because, you know, the the people are so different. The kids there were so much. First of all, even the TV commercials was crazy because they had nudity on the TV. Like when they advertised right. shampoo, the girl was topless. <laughs> and we're sitting in family's house. Just like, you know, guess when we were young kids, we were like, the TV, and nobody's noticing. The other kids don't pay attention to me. And my brother go, oh, my God, look at that. And they had the topless beaches. And now I know probably how they felt when the Americans came over, especially kids like that never seen it. You know what I mean? Because that's and, their norm. Yeah, that was their yeah, norm. it was norm. Nobody, yeah. Like, I remember one time we were in the Greek islands, and uh, just women everywhere. I was in the cafeteria off of uh, this Paradise Beach on, in Mykonos. Right. We were sitting with our trays, and I turned around. Right when the lunch area started, and right behind me was a whole row with girls in, like, just tiny bikini bottoms, all topless, <laughs> you know? And it was just how, you know, because we were American. I mean, if we were European, yeah, we'd be used to it. But, come on. Right. And, I, you know, we were, we were guys. I love women. You know, I mean, we were <laughs> Right. But we did get used to it eventually, though. Where oh, you know there were summers because I've been there over twenty times, you know. So anyway. okay, so you so you Imagine enjoyed- if I still did that now. Oh my God, look at that! <laughs> so you enjoyed your time there? No, that's love. That's love. And plus, metal was big there, man. Really? I mean, they, yeah, they were like, they were like, I don't. It, it was huge here, obviously. You know, what I mean? mm-hmm. but there, I felt like, like the underground, uh, especially in the beginning of thrash and death metal, uh-huh. they kind of knew stuff. That we I knew in the city about the underground scene, right? So quickly because I went there three, so like 84, 85, 86. I went all those three summers, which without the internet, now that I'm thinking back, how, how did they find out that quick? I remember one, <laughs> you know, what I mean, one, like one summer we left Chicago and stuff that gossip that was happening in Chicago with death metal bands here, you know, our right. scene and uh-huh. stuff. Some some kids in Athens were asking me about it. Wow! And it was just a flight because it was new. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, people are taking that information back. So whatever yeah, that pipeline you know, was. It's yeah. Sna- yeah, it's with snail mail. But, I mean, even the letters took, we we got there so quick that one that was just kind of my, blowing my mind. It's almost like the internet was around or something. Right. 
Indeed. No, that's love, man. That's love, man. I, I, I would really love to visit Greece one day. I would. You know, I've been to uh, many parts of Europe, but I would love to visit Greece, man, because it just seems to be so beautiful, man. Just to enjoy the, the culture of it, you know. Just what you see on television is so beautiful, and I've had some friends that have gone, so I would definitely love to go there. Yeah, you'll love it, especially the islands. You know, right, like right. the islands are just so much fun, you know what I mean? And they're close enough where, you know, Mykonos is a real famous island, you know, like those places, uh-huh. or Santorini, or right. they're all around, so like in the Aegean Ocean, mm-hmm. as a all well, you have to go to Athens, go get on one of the big boats, and they were pretty big boats, you know. Right. But it'd be six-hour cruises or nine-hour, but it'd be all young beyond those boats, man. You didn't even have to get a cabin or anything because right. even if you got a general admission, just slept out. But like one one night we were in the hallway, you know, just a regular boat. Imagine one of those big boats, uh-huh. and you know how it's almost like hotel hallways, you know what I mean? Got you. Mm-hmm. I remember there were some Israeli girls with a stove, like those little uh, when you go camping. Uh-huh. In the bowl, like it was in a hotel, you know, and they had fire on. They were making stuff from cans. We sat down and hung out with them. Um, us three with those three girls. They were from Israel, like I told you. Well, wow. uh, we're thinking, man, you, it's, you know, you got fired. Uh, you know, it's got to not be allowed. And uh, <laughs> so we we had a great time with them. Too. We were just cracking up. And then all of a sudden, coming down, the thing was the captain of the bowl. Uh-huh. And then he started. Start, I don't know. I don't know how he knew. Like me and my brother, he started going in Greek. What, what are you guys doing here? What's going yeah. on? What are you doing with these three? And he didn't like the girls. He said some kind of derogatory, like some right. kind of uh, thing in Greek, you know? Uh-huh, he goes, uh-huh. they're gypsies. I think he called them gypsies or something. Maybe right. they weren't maybe gypsies. Right. And then he goes, he goes, yeah, then again, that it would be a gypsy one because they do stuff like that, you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> but I remember like uh, just the feeling of freedom, you know? Because uh-huh. uh, even though they did it, he didn't kick them out. He didn't tell them to leave. You know what I mean? It's just to feel like that there wasn't as much law. And I, I, I just like, being a guy that's like questioning, I mean, a lot of laws I felt were suppressed, like even smoking weed back then, getting right. arrested right. multiple times just for smoking weed. When the cop came to the window, I was almost like offended that he was asking me, what am I doing? I go, man, he pulls me over. I mean, I just, even then, I mean, I just really felt like that. I didn't feel like, damn, like, I mean, what gives you, I know it's illegal, but I still, I almost forgot about that. And it's just an offensive to me. And those kind of laws, now that I know what everything's about, like, right. I'm glad I felt that way naturally because uh-huh. I, I was feeling it when I knew it wasn't right to, to legal to criminalize something like that. You know gotcha. what I mean? Got you, got you. First of all, they changed the word from marijuana. You know, it wasn't, it was cannabis and everything. They uh-huh. created their word, the CIA, just to, get, uh, to brainwash the American people and make it a, illegal and more like a foreign Mexican thing. And they yeah. even put a J in the middle, like Juan, the silent J, purposely. Really? <laughs> wow. And, See, if you don't know about this, if I, if I just first heard that stuff and no. you were telling me that, uh-huh. I mean, I'd go, what the hell? I'd go look up everything I said and see what right. I said. But, I mean, you see how diabolical they are, man. Uh, plots and schemes, young man. Plots and schemes, always. <laughs> well, I can guarantee you one thing, man. I'm not going to get into any deep hole conspiracy, <laughs> but I'll tell one thing to anybody. Anything that's the official narrative, whether any war... Any major event from 9-11 to uh, president assassinations to okay. Vegas shootings to just anything, anything that they give officially, the word, it, it's always lies. It never, because I, I didn't want it. When I started research, I didn't want it to be. I wanted, I didn't, I wasn't on a side of uh, uh, a conspiracy theorist and a right. political party or whatever. Right. I just wanted the truth. Indeed. So I remember after a while, I go, man, not one fucking thing. Can they fucking give us your official word that makes sense? I mean, I don't understand how even, you know what I mean? I don't even understand how anybody even bought this stuff. Right. Everything, man. Even the moon. I don't want to get crazy, but even, even you got to question even them going to the moon when uh, 
they, right now, I seen a video not you know NASA put out about why they haven't gone to the moon yet, and their answer is because uh, we lost the technology, but we hope to find it one day. But now we're just concentrating on going to Mars. And then they throw, and, but there's the issue of solving the Van Allen belt. Oh my well, goodness! The Van Allen belt was back around in '60, whatever, whatever. Then, how'd you get through? And ladies I seen and it gentlemen, up. ladies and gentlemen, Charlie is giving you so much information. This is just love to me. I'm loving it. I'm telling you, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. No, we're going we to continue. To, and just as I say, man, I want you to speak about whatever you want to speak about. We'll move along doing what we do. You've already answered. I was going to ask you about Greece, which is cool. Now I want to ask you about what's the best thing about Chicago, Chi-Town. Man, if, if I talked to you like 10 years ago or probably yeah, over eight, about eight years ago or whatever, uh -huh. I thought this was the greatest city. You know, I, right. I love Chicago uh -huh. because – like, especially, you know, like the, our scene, we had so much, we, we still, but growing up, I was lucky to be here, man. Besides the weather, it just sucks. But uh, right. music every night, like if anybody mm -hmm. goes to my Facebook page, yeah. one of my, the albums on the photo albums is I, I wrote down every concert I went to when I came home. I, I had a, a few more lists when I was little, but I gave them up. You know what I mean? Right. I right. had one list at the beginning, how many girls I kissed in my old neighborhood. <laughs> I used to write them underneath the, the living room table, or, you know, the coffee table. But there was up to seven girls before I left my old neighborhood. But this was just kissing, you know? So And then I made a movie list of movies I went and then videos I see. But then the only list I kept is the concert list. Right. So it started with Queen in 1980. Ah. Uh, and I'm I'm close to about 800 now concerts. That really? I went to. Yeah. Wow. And these concerts aren't local concerts. These are strictly like out of you know big shows, you know, right? I mean, national tour. And love, uh, love music, yeah. Yeah. And Chicago got everything, man. Every band came through here, and uh, the club scene was great. The music scene's always original. Look, look at all the other cities. Like, I mean, how diverse is Chicago musically? You know, I mean, right. indeed. indeed. It was, let's say the. When uh, we when we came of age and we were in part of the scene, look what kind of bands were around, man. Like you have power pop bands, like well, Cheap Trick isn't from here, but Rockford, but Material mm -hmm. Issue, or we had our a, a lot of the Wicker Park bands, you know, alternative things like Liz right. Fair, and then Smashing Pumpkins, uh, and then you had the Wax Track stuff like uh, Ministry and Al Jurgensen stuff, you know, mm -hmm. industrial, and yeah, then they, all I'm sorry, stuff. yeah, all all types of. You know, genres, everything. And, and so you're saying that, which is beautiful. I love when you say things that I could just segue right into what I'm, I'm going to, you're talking about it. So, But, but so, other cities, yeah, uh, other cities seem like they're known like as one thing more, like Seattle, the Grunge, even though there's a million styles in every city, you know? Right, 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 Chicago right. never got as one city, one thing comes out, you know? Because there's right. a, you know, it wasn't just because, let's say, disturbs a big band. There wasn't just that. It was never just that. It was the big band's, got big and a different million things here. So it was never one. The city yes. was never, even in the same areas, it was never just one scene. You know, it was right. all different genres. So so let me ask you this question. Being that, with such a rich history of music in Chicago, what drew you to the thrash genre? Well, oh man, that's like, because thrash, I feel like, honestly, we were there in the first wave. So okay. thrash to me, and that's why, no matter what happens, this this will always be a thrash band. You know what I mean? Uh, we were born a thrash. Well, the day we started, we were a thrash band. Actually, we were <laughs> we were really a crossover band on the uh -huh. in '85 and '86. Yeah, but there, there was no crossover. Where DRI, uh, the term was coined in uh, I think '88 with DRI's crossover album. Okay, that's okay. when it became that's a, that's the name of the genre. Because I remember when we we, we didn't know the first little bio and this was bio of kids bio, you know, the old typewriter and right. I remember someone's right and they go, what style of music? Uh, and uh, we we couldn't figure out like 
<laughs> could have been hardcore punk because our bass player was a skinhead, you know, like total uh-huh. looking like a punk rocker, and he still right. is to this day. Yeah. You know, uh, he loves uh, the same stuff he loved back then. He's a pure gotcha. punk rocker. Gotcha. And uh, and our guitar player, Steve, was also a classically trained guitar player, so he wasn't just a pure metalhead. And right. uh, he grew his hair and looked, we all looked, became a total metal band later, you know, like we've seen yeah. us in nine, like it we did. were only around the for the Yes, it did. Yes. But the last four or five years, that's when we look like well, a line of you know typical metal look all along here. But right. in the beginning, we had the hardcore everything, you know, the music, gotcha. the look. Yeah. Well, I uh, and the funny thing is, I think we called it. I, well, I know we call it thrash core, but thrash it's core. funny that years later the metal core thing took off. You know, right? Now, right. You know, so that's a whole other course. But <laughs> we used it then because we didn't know what to call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't, and, uh, we did shows with the, uh, we did shows with crumb suckers here. We did show we were doing uh, at the beginning. We did shows with uh, a lot of like life sentence generation waste uh, Chicago hardcore bands, not right. not metal, you know. I got you. I and, got uh, you. So well, we were there right at the beginning. At the beginning, indeed. The beginning yeah, and, the, and the reason and the reason um what got me into it, man. Like, see, I I, I Kiss got me into wanting to play in a band, but not wanting to play just to be into music. Right. It was Ace Fraley. I, I loved uh, Kiss, but it was Ace Fraley. Yeah, and uh, and then just like everybody else, when after Dynasty, the, you know, everybody hit him and like Kiss was like a embarrassment. You know, you want to say you ever liked him, you know, because I don't know how it was there. You, you couldn't say it for years, man. But we love, yeah, but we, you know, growing up, we love. I was just like I said, I'm a military kid. We love everybody. Listen to Kiss. I mean, you know, was, everybody. Was, but in 1979, yeah. all those little kids say, like my, yeah. see Kiss had an original fan base because they had the black leather which they were hipster kids teenagers right. uh-huh. you know? that's what the first couple years of kiss were but then as soon as uh and they seem to complain about as soon as they merchandised everything and it became like a, a right. cartoon like thing yeah yeah. Uh, yeah like even they said he was looking out at the audience during the dynasty tour that's our era you know my uh, when we were uh and uh he said it will all look like little kids like little right. kids with families and it right. wasn't rock and roll anymore to him. You know, it was more like Barnum and Bailey or something. And uh, <laughs> I was one of those kids. And then Van Halen got my interest. You know, and, yes. you know, Van Halen's amazing. I, I thought those first six, not Sammy Hagar, Van Halen. I don't like that at all. You don't like Sammy Hagar? Come on. <laughs> I never, see, I never liked it. I don't even have any solo stuff, you know. <laughs> Look at the CDs back here, man. I see you. <laughs> There's almost 5,000. You don't see the whole that way, you know. <laughs> yeah. I used to be proud of this. Now. You know, I bought a new car, no CD player, uh-huh. no CD player anywhere. Now I feel like a hoarder because <laughs> it's Spotify. I go, man, why would I, what am I going to do with them all? Everything's on your phone. That is so true. It yeah, because so right true. now it's almost like it's annoying me. It's not. It, it became from something that I love and want to show. Now I go, man, it's like I feel like I'm a hoarder and it's CDs. I, yeah, am I going to get rid of them? <laughs> so, so, so anyways, uh, let me just at least tell you about the threshing because that's important for, for me. So, um. I meant to kiss. I stopped liking kiss. Then I started loving Van Halen. Right. Right. So I knew I wanted to play music, but still in my head, it was just like a dream probably because I knew I could never be, a, I wanted to be a guitar player. I knew I couldn't be an Eddie Van Halen. I mean, that's okay. I just, you know, cause those were like rock guys. It wasn't like little kids. You look at kiss or Van Halen and go, you know, we could do that one day easily. First of all, we right. didn't even look anything like rock stars or anything back then. That was important, you know, to, yeah, the, yeah. to the world, you know, and right. to yourself, you know, yeah, I mean, nobody would like Van Halen for like four little fat guys, you know, you know what I'm talking about, because it was important back then. And Michael Anthony, when I was a kid, I hated him in the band, because he looked like my cousin Bill. And I go, man, why the three rock gods with my cousin Bill, man? I hated him in my posters. And for some reason, I had some big posters in my room, and he was, like, real visible. He kind of ruined the pictures for me, because with that green, green jumpsuit. 
And he had the worst <laughs> bass solos in the world, man. They were embarrassing. Because oh, and plus, dude. see, something happened where Michael Anthony became like a loved figure in Van Halen. I seen people, and I want to murder a man when uh, they came back with a reunion. I want to go, no Michael Anthony, no Van Halen. When I seen that, I want to reach through a screen. I go, because I'm thinking of my little kid, somebody, the guy I didn't want in the band. You're saying if Michael Anthony isn't in the band, there's no Van Halen, even though he really didn't do it. He didn't write songs. Right. You know, he wasn't right. an amazing. Baby. I mean, because when we were kids, I had Rush fans to battle in high school. So they were like, man, Michael Anthony sucks. You know, and I couldn't defend it. So as a matter of fact, I made one kid go steal a JC Penney's. Uh -huh. We got arrested for it right. because I, I wanted to go see Van Halen. I got scalper tickets, $27 for eighth row. Uh -huh. that fair warning tour. Wow. Yeah, and I wanted to go so bad to prove that they're better than Russian. He didn't have the money. <laughs> I, I he's, he, had a, he was talking about some jumpsuit he got from his mom for birthday. Yeah. And I go, man, take that back to just, no, take the receipt and go. Take it off the rack and just go up there and get the money, right. man. We'll go get the Van Halen ticket. <laughs> Only so you can see Van Halen. I'm thinking, as an adult, I go, what the fuck, man? What the fuck is that thing? Because I seen him recently and I talked to him about it, man. I go, man, I just wanted you to see Van Halen, man. <laughs> I know, I think about it. I mean, even I think about no, it. I mean, great, great memories, though. You know, life lessons we learned. And, and we the reason we got arrested because he got nervous because the lady at the counter goes, can you guys wait here? And soon as yeah. she left the girl at the cashier, he goes, let's get out of here, man. But I didn't want to, I go, no, I go, no, let's wait. And then next thing you know, like two gigantic security guards come and take us away. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I also got, I, well, no, why am I telling you this? I used to live in Chicago talking about living in the city because I was kind of like a little troublemaker kid. Yeah. Uh, well, this can't, can't be in trouble, but you know the brown line? You know, we have those, uh, the trains here. Yeah. The brown line in my old neighborhood used to go off the, you know, off the top of the loop. It used to go on the ground, like through uh -huh. alleys and stuff. Okay. It had those, uh, and one time I, I piled up a million things, you know, on the track, uh -huh. and I the train derailed, you know? Really? I remember the whole neighborhood closed down, and the cops were everywhere, and then wow. second. But, hey, just so you'll know, I didn't want the train to go off the train. First of all, the train, it wasn't like it, it could fall. It was on the ground, you know, going through the streets. But I just wanted to break things, you know? Statue of Limitations, baby. Statue of Limitations. And listen, listen. That was, uh, what did they say? Um, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Imagine I hear a doorbell. Because, <laughs> you know, lately I've been listening to some podcasts about murders and everything. Some people yeah. get arrested with DNA 30 years later. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Now, you're, you're, well, anyway, you're back, back to thrash. So I couldn't be the, because I remember even arguing with somebody back then, some guy who goes, man, my band is going to be like, they wanted to be like Van Halen. I remember during the thrash years, I go, are you out of your mind, man? You think guys, you think you guys are going to be Van Halen? It just felt offensive because they, they, I knew they couldn't be, you know? Right. I was right. more realistic. Uh -huh. but what made me realize slowly, one day I heard Motorhead, you know? Uh -huh. Ace Bon Scott, too. I remember uh -huh. around 79 or 78, I go, man, I think it was Bon Scott first. Because I go, Bon Scott, I go, man, that doesn't sound like like a normal voice. It sounds kind of like raw and crazy, you know? Right, right. He, you know, he sounded like he's screaming. He didn't, uh -huh. even though now you didn't realize then how hard it is what he's doing, you know? Indeed. But it didn't sound like Freddie Mercury or it didn't sound like uh, right, right. Robert Plant or it didn't sound like Rob Halford or Bruce Dickinson, you know? Yes, yes. And then, so I, that gave me a little thing, wow, you don't have to be. First time I heard a vocalist that wasn't like, you know, like a real singer, even though he is, you know what I mean? So yeah. then I heard Motorhead. Uh, yes. So I got Indeed. interested in that. Then I go, wow, this guy's voice is insane, man. Yes, indeed. I go, man, that's not it. That makes Ron Scott sound like Freddie Mercury or something, you know? <laughs> and, and then, Venom. 
Uh-huh. You know, and let alone picking up the first album at the record store, Rolling Stone Records, which is still around now. They got our CD really? for sale this uh, Friday, which is uh-huh. cool. The one store I love the most is the one of the only ones survived, you know, uh-huh. but it's still there. It's Chicago was known around the country. All bands did in stores because I think they sold more metal product than any store in the country during the 90s or 80s, you know. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Even Metallica did in stores there, you know. Yeah, and, that's uh, the way it used to be. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's an important store. The one store. Yeah. So then, uh, the venom and then the, the satanic stuff, raping for uh, for nuns in the back. I remember it felt like almost like bad holding it in the store, you know, because it's mm-hmm. so evil. And then, uh, so so then, uh, that confirmed it for me. Uh, oh, that and kill them all. Kill them all. And yeah. kill them all did it. Yeah. And then I, I remember thinking, getting blown away, man, by hit the lights. But you know the real fast stuff, right? There were like uh-huh. three or four songs that kill them all. They were this new thing that you never heard before, you know? Right. And I remember thinking specifically, I go, man, where they got like jump in the fire, the, the stuff that sounded more traditional metal. I go, man, why would they just do all hit the lights just like like that? <laughs> Basically, what Slayer did with Rain and Blood uh, gotcha. a couple of years later, right? Uh-huh. And then Anthrax, <laughs> I heard, I, I thought Joy Baldon did sound into traditional metal. That wasn't thrash. I mean, he could have been in a journey band. That's that's not the point of being in a thrash band. He could have been in a journey. He could have been a thrash band. We're death metal, but our singer sounds like, uh, you know, uh, Paul Rogers from, Black, from Bad Company. What's the point? You know what I mean? I mean, a thrash band needs a voice that is not clap. Anyways, so, uh, so, so so I love those couple songs of Metallica, and then yeah. uh, Show No Mercy to me Slayer. I go, man, this is kind of weird because it got makeup on, but it's right. kind of something different. But it sounds almost like a band that loves Judas Priest and Iron Man, but they're not as good as those bands. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It sounds like an amateur album. But then Hell Awaits came out, and then it became a different thing. You know? Different day, indeed. Yeah, and then yeah, Haunting massive, the Chapel, massive. and then the greatest trash album of all time, Rain and Blood. That album was. Yeah. The Bible of Thread, that's that's a masterpiece. And, well, uh, but but at that point when Show No Mercy was out, when those three albums were out, I go, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna form a band. I'm gonna get that guy Steve because he was known in high school to play yeah. jazz and he gave he was in a wedding band that was booked for two years ahead when we were in high school. I didn't know wow. him that much that his reputation of he could play anything, you know. Right. And uh he gave lessons at this place called Tunes and Taps, where you know, a half hour lessons were like where Andy Rhodes did, because I mean I think he was a guitar teacher. So he was a real, he could read music, you know, like a great, and then I, I knew the drummer, Ray, was just amazing. He could play all the main back then as a, as a like 15 year old kid, you know, right. he, both of them had reputations in the neighborhood in the high school and our high school was huge, you know, it's diamonds. Mm-hmm. It's where Hugh Hefner went. Playboy. Oh, really? Yeah. He well, said he came up with a play uh, idea of doing that. And, uh, we, he came and gave us a speech one time and gave money to our wow. Yeah. He, yeah. And we seen him in the auditorium and, uh, so anyways, uh, so so I put the band together, right? right? I wrote in this room, in this bedroom, with, with that acoustic guitar over there. Yeah. See it? Yeah, you can yeah see I see it right, right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, Steve, we sat right for pretty much. That's so weird, man. That's right. We sat over here, uh, and uh, we wrote the Killian Future demo, and that's the demo, like a Rain and Blood demo, right? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. from the beginning to the end, five songs. It's just listen to it, man. It's it's, it's insane speeds. Where right. I can Kerrang put our picture in the news, you know, in the death line, and right. it was right in the first couple of pages with a big black and white photo of us, and it said underneath too damn fast, and that exploded in the underground. When kids around the world see that review, and what are these kids thinking? The speed's insane. It just got us, even though he didn't mean it positively. He's going. They're going overboard with the speeds here, you know. I, I'm glad you said that because you got. You, I got chills, chill, goosebumps because 
Once again, you listen, you're just beautiful. You keep doing what you're doing. Because me being a lyricist like yourself, I am amazed. And it brings a smile to my face. Now, listen, I'm, I'm listening. I, for the last week, I've been listening to the music. You know what I'm saying? Just just vibing on it. And so, oh, I, what, the, the new album or all of it? All of it. So so I'm just listening. So what you just said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. And I'm, I'm like, okay. So I, I started smiling. So it brings a smile on my face to hear you run your lyrics at such a pace. And the thing the that speed? was, yeah. And the thing that was great to me is that you enunciate so well. And so I was just like, how's he doing that? So it's that's what I want to ask you. How are you doing that? That's just weird you said that because what I was telling you, I didn't know you heard that uh, Kill yeah. the Future because uh-huh. I was just going to tell you right now before uh, what you said. I was going to go, he said too damn fast, uh-huh. but you could hear everything. You could hear, you could hear everything. You would every word, so well. every right. musical part. So, you know, when you when you read too damn fast, you probably think it's so fast and unhearable. Uh-huh. Uh, you can't make it out. Right. It wasn't like that. So he, he said that, right? But Metal Forces, uh, loved it. Not only did they love it, they picked it at that time. Coincidentally, they were putting together this compilation album called "Scream Your Brains Out," right? And they're going to pick the five best bands underground from around the world. Yeah, and they picked us, Anacrusis, Leviathan, which was Chris Barnes's band before uh-huh. Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. Uh, some Hobbs Angel of Death from Australia, Atrophy. Uh-huh. You know, those are five bands, and they put a vinyl out. But right. I just sent it in for a review because I loved that magazine. Before I couldn't wait to get here because it was an import. You know, yeah. they're Rolling Stone. I said, right. "Go get it," and then I. So I was already loving the magazine before I had a band, you know. So I remember when I sent the, review, uh, the demo in, they called us from England. So I right. got the call, and I thought I was getting pranked for real because it sounded <laughs> like a It was just Bernardo from Metal Forces. And I couldn't understand. And I go, man. And then I, I, at one point, I thought he cut out. I hung up, and then he called back. And then I could hear more of a British accent. Uh-huh. I go, man. And I was thinking while I was talking, I go, because at that time, it was kind of also in Chicago. Bands were kind of jealous of each other. Uh-huh. So even though they wouldn't show it, they were friendly. But I found out from other people, hey, watch out what you say here, because what I'm going to say, you know? So I don't get into gossip, because to me, that's just, I say to your face if I want to say something. Uh-huh. Like, if I was gossiping, I feel like I'm a weak person. Like, right. I wouldn't admit it. If I want to say something about somebody, man, if I got a problem, I'm going to say it straight out. I don't play games 100%. at all. And I, I hate liars. Because to be a liar cheapens you as a person, you know? Because yes, that means agree. I'm lying. I feel like if I was a little... Like you're a little kid and you're lying to your parents. Right. You know what I mean, if you're lying as an adult for things that you're doing something, why would you? I, I don't got nothing to hide or anything. Everything I do. Right. And uh, so, anyways, uh, so so he goes, uh, not only we love it, we want to put on this compilation album. So that made that demo too damn fast and Kerrang and Metal Forces. Those were the biggest things, man. Everybody. Of course. I mean, there were a lot of other magazines, but they all reviewed it. But I mean, if you got two reviews of those, man, because everybody course. went to the on a demo site, demolition. Yes. Everybody yeah, looked at that stuff. So next thing you know, man, I'm getting mail, you know, snail mail. Yeah. Five dollars that sent in there for the demo uh-huh. for, for years to come, man. I was almost buying cigarettes from there and everything, you know, because <laughs> they sent money forever. Besides South America, they wanted it always free. I don't know why. They never, <laughs> I mean, you got so many, and we sent so many, and I mean, it was almost like you could tell well, who's if you've seen it. Then, yeah, they're gonna ask you for free or they'll give you a reason. We sent a lot, uh, but after all, we had to stop it. And the mail got so much, it, it became such a hassle. In '89, when we went to that trip, I told you Europe. Uh-huh. It only had piled up so much that year that it was stacked, stacked, wow. and it was something that was bugging me. Like you know, you're out having fun, and then I don't know where that person your man that mail. And I knew we were going to uh, <laughs> uh, Europe that summer for a vacation, and right. And oh, we had our second demo words that I go fear just recorded, so uh-huh. we'll pass around the demo through Europe while we're backpacking. All right. Right. So 
before we left, I kept going, man, it was killed. Because I'm the kind of guy, if I leave something that I know I got to do, it, I just don't forget about it. It's in the right. back of my head. It keeps, it. Yeah, I might yeah. forget from it and I'll keep thinking about it, right? Uh-huh. And it took us almost 24 hours, me, Steve from Aftermath, my brother who manages us now, and my friend Noel, this Indian friend, my, one of my best friends. Yeah. You know, and uh, I said Indian because there's a story. I, know, I won't be over there because it's funny about his Indian story. But anyway, Noel, we sat there and we were playing Pink Floyd the wall over and over, literally. Uh-huh. 24 hours, not stop because we were leaving for Europe. So I wanted to get it done. So yeah. everybody, all four of us at the kitchen table, all doing mail, you know? Yes. The interviews took a real long time because they were like, let's say they sent you 20 questions again from South America. Yes. Uh, 20 questions, you got to write them out 20. Right, right, and right. Indeed. Indeed. I, I ended up hating the mail so much that I felt like it was a homework assignment that I wasn't doing. It, it kind of killed a lot of fun for me. I of it course it would. Yes, indeed. But, so so the, the band got real super known for that demo, Killing Future, right? Right. But for some reason, after we recorded it, when I heard in the studio playback, I didn't like it anymore. I didn't I didn't want to sing fast. Anymore. Even though, man, uh, Terry, uh, Terry Owens, he was in a band in uh, North Carolina, Nebraska, some band. Uh, they even sent me a white shirt. And because uh, he was on a first, he was a black dude that was in a metal, but he was a singer. False uh-huh. modulation. OK. In the middle of the country, one Nebraska or, or somewhere. North Carolina. They yeah. called me out of nowhere back then. They wanted me to sing those songs a cappella because they couldn't believe the speed. They wanted to hear it on the phone. Right. I right. couldn't do it though. I was like, oh, I can't do it, man. I can't do it on the phone, man. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Because you mentioned the speed, because it was a known thing, but I, I didn't like it. Like, even around the city, people would try to sing lyrics, like a sentence from it, you know, no more reason, no more, you know, whatever. Right. And to me, I didn't want to hear it for some reason. So really? while we're recording the, uh, finishing Killing the Future in 1986, 87. Right, right. I go, man, let's get a second guitar player and let's bring like progressive rock and stuff like uh, sounds like Pink Floyd and you know, like a progressive metal band. There wasn't no progressive thrash band yet. Or I would have gone right. this, but Justice for All hasn't come out in another years from now, you know? Right. So right. I go, because this is in 87, you know, yes. 86, right when we were finishing Killing the Future, you know, the, the mixing yeah. stage. And man, I remember the second guitar player came in the while we were mixing, you know, and he's he was an amazing guitar player too. And uh, he didn't tell me until 25 years later that when he came to the studio, he was when I heard that Killing Future don't want to me away, man. That studio that day, he never told me that for 25 years, man. Really? Like, yeah. If he said it maybe that day, maybe I would start thinking different. And then, yeah. and then, I can't believe he. I mean, forever. But then again, this is the kind of guy I misspelled his name. I was calling him Lazetti and everything. But one day I don't know. He goes, oh, my name is Lazetti. <laughs> I go, you're kidding, right? Goes, no, it's not Lazzetti. I go, why do you say anything? It's on the fucking devils, man. Bios were messed up. It was correct. If you read all oh, stuff, Lazzetti and Olivetti, not yeah. only that, if you want to get really crazy, he joined our band when the punk rock bass player quit. Right. Uh, he, we got a, he became the uh, the bass player, you know? So this is before, uh, the uh, this is after Killing the Future. Right. Anyways, he joined the band. Because he wanted to play a band, he knew uh, through something that we need a bass player. So he yes. sold out his guitar equipment and came as a bass player. So when we see him play bass, he was the fastest bass. We go, what is he, Billy Shams? It's almost like he's got a guitar player. So he started playing with us for six months with no shows or nothing. One day, out of nowhere, he goes, our drummer goes, we show the bass, he goes, John quit. I go, why? Because we rehearsed at our drummer's house. And our drummer's the kind of guy who wouldn't ask a question. Uh-huh. I go, he just quit out of nowhere? Yeah. So I went home after that and i call him hey, john why'd you quit because i'm not a bass player i go you're not a bass player i go what are you Was a guitar player i go but this is the funniest part i go every night of practice 
you heard us saying we're looking for a second guitar player. Right. You were there. Yeah, but I thought you thought me as a bass player. I go, you are a guitar player. How long you play guitar? How long you play bass? Never. I just got the bass stuff when I came to practice. <laughs> right. I go, how long you play guitar? He goes, twelve years. I go, are you good? He goes, yeah. I go, you want to play guitar in the band? He goes, yeah. And then he came in the band because of that. If I if I didn't call him and left it like my drummer, he would have never been in the band again. That's crazy. Because you know, See, I read what... I read the story about that, but you telling the story is way better than what I read. So oh, it's even crazier. Because I feel like we're still talking, you know, on a podcast instead of me talking. Man, I could tell you about him story. You will roll out and crack. You go, I can't believe this guy, man. I mean, think about it. Every night he's sitting there with us every year. We want, we got to find a second guitar. All, I would go, dude, I can't, I'm a great guitar, I'm a guitar player. Right. For some reason he thought, and our drummer didn't ask him why he's quitting. So he goes, wow. I'm quitting. Our drummer goes, okay. Wow. That's why I, they never do interviews because the guys in my band they don't even care about the rock star stuff. They're just really? crazy. They're crazy, but they're normal. But they're crazy. So yeah. I scratch yeah. my head with them, but they're amazing. Not nothing weird, you know, just like, like funny stuff, you know. Indeed. Like our drummer never tells, like he doesn't question anything, you know what I mean? And <laughs> and, and well, no, no, it's other stuff. I can't say it online, but this stuff that you don't understand it. It's it's just fun, and I, I'm so glad we're back together with him because. If I really, we broke up in 96, yeah. I never thought we were going to get back together in 2014. Mm-hmm. That started by a whole, see, to tell you that story alone, that's a whole lot of adventure. Because for 20 years, I never thought wanted the band, never thought the band would reunite. Right. But uh, during the MySpace, see, I, I left the other story going to this one. Uh, during the MySpace days, uh-huh. some fan from back then, <laughs> from Czech Republic, wanted, goes, hey, do you mind if I start a Facebook page for, um, MySpace page for Aftermath? Yeah. And. I don't even know how I got the message to me back then because I was I only started doing uh, getting online way later than everybody. You know what I mean? Because I just yeah, I didn't want to. It was in my house, literally. On, I just never ever look at. It. I don't. Even I care. was the same. And then, yeah. and then, anyways, this guy started a page. He started to get more popular. He started slowly sending us messages like this guy wants this. Even a Chinese company wanted to do a box set, which we did. The twenty five years of chaos. Right. Came through that. Right. Message it. And then one uh, and this uh, one uh, festival in Germany called Headbangers Open Air. Mm-hmm. Wrote if we wanted to play at the festival. So then he sent us there. And after that, he, he said, "Why?" Well, he goes, "Why don't I just give you the, the page? Seems to be getting bigger, and you should probably take over, and we'll be we'll both run it then." He said, "You know," but right. I didn't want to. My brother did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then because yeah. uh, in the beginning, he didn't think there'd be anything important coming through. Maybe I don't know because the band wasn't active at all. There were no plans to agree tonight. Right. Ever, you know. So. When he sent that to us, that uh, Headbanger Raw wants to go play, and it was a year ahead of time for the festival. And uh-huh. my brother sent it to me. I remember we were driving, and then if I, I if it was up to me, and I, I was the one that answered, I, I, I won't just tell him no, man. There's no band. He goes, no, I'm the, it's a year for I'm just, I'm just gonna tell him no later. What the, I mean, who cares? You know, the band's gone. Whatever. I go, oh, why you tell him? There's never gonna be a band. For some reason, since he convinced me to say that because I was arguing with him. No, man. He's like, well, for what, man? There's never gonna be a band. If I didn't say. Everything started rolling. Not because everything after that started Like, for instance, Steve, the guitar player, uh-huh. me, Steve, and Ray started the band. After we broke up in 96, I didn't talk to him for 15, almost 16 wow. years. Because wow. he just, because they brought, you know, like I told you, he was a classically trained guitar player. He, mm-hmm. he was a professional musician. I always thought he was older, even though he was our age. He was right. more respectable. Not respectable. He seemed like more of a gentleman. No, I know people like that. that I you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I, yeah, like, uh, so he, uh, out of nowhere, probably through Facebook, he popped up somewhere for one of his brothers, and then he got a hold. We reconnected uh, like a year before he, we even talked about playing. Everything fell into place slowly after that uh, offer to play a thing. Right. Like, even when we rehearsed, like, 
because you figure where are we going to rehearse now? You know, a, whole, a band reunite after many years, you got to get a rehearsal spot. Yes. You got to get, you know, even a bass player that we have now for the last two albums we made. Uh-huh. That story alone, how my brother found in my uh, niece's school, uh, he was wearing a tool shirt while they're waiting for the kids outside. Right. Uh, and then uh, they started talking. My brother told him, Hey, my brother's band, he's a baseball. He goes, Who's your brother? Charlie. And they knew who I was because I was in a band called Stripping a Pistol uh, for a number of years. We almost got the old Columbia Records and uh-huh. uh, during the early 2000s. And he said he met me up at a radiohead show in Alpine Valley. Uh-huh. Uh, that guy, really? he's for George. Yeah. yeah. And, and my brother didn't know, you know, he, oh, no, you're Charlie's brother. I know your brother, right? So mm-hmm. he sends him over. Uh, he wasn't even a full, he was a singer in bands before and he played bass a little, but he really wasn't a bass player, basically. Gotcha. He, yeah. he's, he's amazing, man. I, 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 the, him join it's it's just uh, I can't believe it, man. I'd want him from day one because right. the only thing we've ever changed we added a guitar player and then we for that Eyes of Tomorrow album that's considered like uh almost like a classic technical progressive fresh right. right uh, for that and then John left he when we reunited in 2015 for that mm-hmm. John uh was was playing with us the guitar but uh he decided not to go because at the end because he wanted to bring his wife with us to Germany. And they right, were playing right. and bring her with. And we didn't want him to know girls. Right. And he did the Chicago show with us because we did a Chicago show on the, our first show in 20 years, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he did play our first show in 20 years. And the punk rock bass player, Adam, he was there too. So it was going to be five of us when we reunited. But uh, we decided, I when I, and see, I, when I didn't listen, to, to make sense of it, when I didn't listen to Killing the Future for 20 uh, well, yeah, when I didn't like it, I didn't listen to it for 20 years. Wow, not at all. Really? I, and the reason you can believe it, somebody might believe it was a cassette. Mm-hmm. So CD era came a little after that, mm-hmm. right? It was, mm-hmm. That demo came out in 87. By 90, 91, it was all CDs anyways, right? Yes, yes. So I didn't even have a, a, a lot of the years of tape player anymore, right? Yeah. So where were you going to hear it? You know what I mean? It wasn't like you had YouTube or anything. So <laughs> literally, and then one day, I don't know, and I'm not exaggerating, I didn't listen to it because I didn't want, I, I didn't like it, I told you, right? Wow. And I didn't even hear the final mix. It was at the studio, I didn't like it. So one day, 20 years later, again, part of the weird thing, getting back together, because if I didn't do this right now, I wouldn't have played in the band. Mm. Um, I wouldn't reunite it. One day, I don't know where, I'm, I'm about to take a shower leave for work. My brother t- is uh, not living here anymore. He's been married for the past eight years, so he's been uh, recently, you know, he, we used to live together. So I'm going to take a shower, and then he goes, hey, man, foreign sites have a uh, killing the future up now. I should rip on one day. I go, what do you mean? I didn't even know what it was. I go, what, what, what do you mean, a torrent site? He goes, I go, he goes, they're like bootlegs, whatever. And I, yeah. I go, yeah, give me a CD, I guess. I go, I don't really care. Right? I went in to take a shower. I come out like 15 minutes later on the kitchen table was a CD. I go, what is this CD? Wow. He goes, it's wow. killing the future. I didn't even know you got it. Like, I go, right now? But I was driving to work and I had a CD player, you know, because yes. now that I told they don't have my new card on that. So I'm driving down to work. I just slip it in first time. Guess what happened? I didn't take it off for one whole year. Because when he gave me that CD, I was so burnt out on music. That the first time I was in a band or playing, and that I, I was kind of sick of everything. So mm. for, I know around for two years, I just listened to talk radio, you know, podcasts, whatever, you know, because it was like, I just, I was burnt out. I didn't have Spotify yet, so the, I didn't have a CD player. So it was kind of the first music I heard on a break first time in my life from music. I never had a whole year where I barely did go to concert or nothing, right? Wow, that's something I put else. that on, man, and it blew me away. It blew, <laughs> yes, it blew me away, man. I go, oh my God, the clarity, the speed. I go, man, yes, that's amazing. It's yes, catchy. Yes. And then I go, man, why do we ignore that? So, you know. So anyway, since that blew me away, I started having a little fantasy here and there. Not, not really. I go, 
standing pool, just a ladies' dance once or the four of us, yes. you know, once in yes. a because we never we it was so short that we went into the progressive band right away after mm-hmm. that, you know, because '87, '88, by '89, yeah, 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 the, the direction changed. So I was going to ask yeah. you about that. Oh yeah, and Don Kay, the guy that said too damn fast when we put the words that I go fear demo out, which is like the progressive stuff. Two years right. later, mm-hmm. it was he picked it as because he did the top ten demos of the year in Kerrang. Right, he, he picked it on top ten demos of the year. Mm-hmm. The guy that said killing was too damn fast. Really? Yeah, I mean, think about it. a review in Kerrang. Too damn fast. What are these kids thinking? Two years later, words are go fear. This is like a artistic masterpiece. That's oh, what he no, said in the review. I, there's no doubt that it's great music. It's, well, you, so when you said that you hadn't listened to it that long and, and you could have gotten burned out, very possible. But all I know is that just like if you could see back here, I have a, a, a Stony Sugar Skull. I had a conversation with her uh, about a month or two ago. And she's just so different also. And she just has sonics and, and different things going on. But just like when I heard her, when I heard heard the, 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 the two albums, the two demos, let me say that you guys put together as one album. But when I heard them, I was just like, I just started smiling. I was just oh. like, I was like, this is this is crazy. I was just like, man, I'm enjoying this so much. And I'm just that's like, that's what you heard all. You heard yeah, it. So I, I heard I heard Sentence to Death and Second Killing. I know I went out there and I listened to them. And, no, and because so, I'm glad you heard it there because that's the that came out on a uh, dive bomb uh, in 2015. So it's a re, right, it's the a reissue. Re, right, yeah, right. That's right. the first time it was ever on CD. Really. Yeah, before that, and and now who was listening to it recently? And I think he goes, "Man, why do you guys call it a demo?" You know, I go, "Cause it's a demo, dude." Yeah, what I was do you mean? Ask it's a, you that too, yeah. Cause yeah say he goes, it's a, demo. He goes it's a, "A demo." He goes, "What do you mean? I don't get why." Because he didn't know some younger kid. He goes, "Why is it a demo? What, what's right. the difference?" I go, "Well, back in the day, you made demos, and then you wanted to re-record these and put them on an album. Man, it was yes. just a demo. That's it. it was right. a demo." And then he goes, "Well, to me, I remember one. He goes to me, it sounds like oh, an album. I don't know what it was." Yeah, because the two were together, you know, uh, well, the, what the, I listened to that they put together. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sentence to Death, uh-huh. that was written late 84, 85. Right, right. That, that, that was on demo number one. It had yeah. four songs, Sentence to Death, Shotgun, which had down, down, down. Right. What I had. And that, we only made like 50, maybe not even 100 copies, and we didn't send it out anymore. Really? So yeah. So that really wasn't her. And then the Killing the Future demo combined with that, yes. now that you heard that's funny. So since the death, I wonder, does it sound, because Killing sounds so much better than uh, that demo, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You oh, can tell the difference, right? Because that demo was recorded, even Devastation here, Terminal Death, we went to the studio called Seagrave, and mm-hmm. all the music on one track, all the vocal, two tracks, done in a day. Really? That's what it was. It wasn't no individual tracks. It was all like, like, all, the guitar was all, yeah, it was two tracks. Well, well let me ask you this question. So, are you, a, did you go in there and just freestyle, or did you write down Everything, you know, you, all, all the songs were written, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I I didn't know. I just said, you know, because some people have that. I mean, I can freestyle, but I like to write. You know, I really yeah, no, like I gotta to write, write I write them down because to me, I, I, even before that, I got a book like see, I'm right here. Well, there's a thing right here. If I dug it out, yeah. I got a folder like this recently because I found because this is my old bed. This, I we moved to this house in nineteen eighty. Uh-huh. You know, I actually found this as a little kid. I went, I wanted to live in a house with bedrooms upstairs like the Brady Bunch, I thought, you know, this was a high <laughs> level. Because we lived in the inner city. Now right. we live on the northwest side in the city, but a little further out than yeah. closer to the lake, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, so and, uh, I was cleaning out something day, and I found this gigantic, you know, folder from almost bursting from grammar school for sure. To, oh, the, oh, the entire high school, I, I wrote lyrics with song right. titles, just lyrics. Oh, man. Like song titled lyrics with no music, yes. nothing. Yes. And I didn't realize I had, uh, 
I remember I was looking at one song, Follow Lucifer, you know, just titles. Or uh-huh. I had one, Bad Maid, when I was real young, like preteen. Bad Maid, uh, uh, Lethal Weapon, uh, right. written in my old neighborhood. So that means before 79. I remember when I was playing with uh, Lethal Weapon was a, uh, Oh yeah, lethal weapon. I was going to sing your part, but forget. It. I mean, <laughs> it was. Uh, and there was, there was, there was. So I always, for some reason, I don't even know why I was writing these songs. I was just oh, writing them. It's like, like, and the way it works with Steve, the guitar player, he doesn't write full songs with me. Like, I, I arrange all the songs. I sequence them all on the album. Yeah, I write all the lyrics, and uh, I can't I, see. I got guitar. I love strumming. I can do all the chords, but uh-huh. I can't. I don't play guitar. At least to the level, I, I just wanted to be a front man for this. You know what I mean? Well, what I'm saying is, and the way we work, it's hard to explain because when people say, I, I, I thought it was corny when people go, I don't know where the song came to me, like big celebrities. It just mm-hmm. came to me out of nowhere. You know, it's like they get feeded to you through this, you know, everybody describes it in this mystical way or magical yeah. way, right? Yes. I, I kind of know what they mean finally now, especially with these last two albums, because it seemed like, these, especially the No Time to Waste album, it was written so fast. It seemed like they were just pouring out. They were there. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't rehearse more than once a week. And if we get once a week. Right. So there's not many rehearsals. So somehow, throughout few rehearsals, I ended up with a demo of these 10 songs, sequenced the way I wanted to especially now with technology on your iPhone. You can make yes. it seem like it's easy to do that stuff, of you course. know? So, yes, so these guys weren't like, Steve, play that part again, I would tell him. Like, he played something. Hey, check this out. I, I, Last night, this came to me. Over. I go, oh my God, that's the same part. I, it, like, we can do this together. We That part, it was like, that song was written in five minutes almost, seems, right? Because right. he was get, playing rhythms that I already had. And, and see, I hate to explain that too much because on my side, I'd be hearing, yeah, okay, the same old story, like this magical story. But it, I, I just didn't understand what was happening. I almost felt like, because the message is so good for, I feel for humanity. Am I supposed to do this? This is what's supposed to happen? Right. I didn't want the band to reunite. Why is everything so simple? Why did we find the bass player we always wanted? And he fits in like he knows. I mean, it, everything, it shouldn't be this easy. So organic, you know? man. It just came together like that, though. That's. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. feel you, though, because when that vibe is there, that vibe is there, I, I will say that Rich Ward, Working with Rich Ward and Stuck Mojo, easy breezy. We were just there. Uh, working with my boy uh, um, Sebastian for the band I was with, Lies, over in France, a band that I did, you know, Lord Nelson featuring Lies. And now yeah. my man, Matt Acevedo, who's from Brooklyn, um, we we just connect so well together. And he sends me music because he's in Texas. I'm in South Carolina. He sends me music. And I'm just like, I just write. It's just like we just vibe. And he and, and it's gotten to the and point. And you probably can't do that with everybody, right? You can't do that. You know, and I know that I can write anything for anything. But I just know that the vibe we have is so cool that that he he knows me. And it's well, like no, I, see, you, yeah, you know, you can write anything with anybody. Yeah. yeah. But with this guy, it sounds to me that you could tell it's that it fits. You don't have to explain too much. I don't have to explain. He knows yeah. that. And, and then when I send him back the lyrics, he goes through the process. Of like, hey, I'm gonna send you this. Hey, I did this. Hey, I tweaked this, and I'm just like, I. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it really is. It's so. I thank him yeah. so much. He's amazing. Yes, it did. Yeah, because man, when it gets like, but see, to get like that, like yeah. even for us right now, uh-huh. any anything uh, uh, blockage and uh, getting to where we, uh, you know, being back together, making out. I would have been. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have put up. I, I. There's no time to waste. Time. <laughs> I didn't mean, yeah, I, I. I wouldn't waste time if I. Like right now, remember COVID happened for six months. We didn't rehearse. 
And again, we weren't rehearsing that much, but during that time, everything closed down and I was, I'd go out. Right. I didn't worry about it. None of that. So I never wore a mask though. Not right. once. Right. And, right. I, and you know, so frustrated at Steve, I started getting angry at him. The other night as well, because he was married to a new, you know, somebody's married. And then he even has a connection. Usually he married a girl out of nowhere that I went to grammar school with. And then I didn't remember that. And she's like, <laughs> there's a, there's a photo behind her hanging on a wall. I don't know why that's the only class photo frame. <laughs> With her in the back row, my mom wow. was fifth grade, wow. and, and then he started playing games with me. Like, hey, so he started looking around with me, going, "Hey, man, I know your classmate from law. That girl, you know, I'm dating. You know, blah, blah. <laughs> right. she said you were a bully about me, right? <laughs> I go, I wasn't a bully, and I started thinking. But then I remember one time a girl pissed me off when I put all inside her jacket. I put Elmer's glue, you know, all inside. But she did something, you know. I mean, it wasn't I was bullied. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I wasn't. And right. he was joking about it. When I found out later. That he knew that she, you know, he was just joking around uh-huh. when I finally met her in person the first time. Right. I go, what does he mean? I was bullshit. He goes, no, he's just joking around. You know, I go, how did you guys figure out? Because I looked at the floor, I got, I, I, I was a little kid there. I was like seven years old. How did you know that? <laughs> and she said where she grew up. And he goes, oh, yeah. my singer grew up there. I right. went to Hibbert. She goes, I went yeah, to Hibbert too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so when she kept him in from not parents for six months, my ex schoolmate that I met through Steve. Such a small world, you know. I right. go that girl, that photo. I was sitting here sometimes. They go, man, well, why can't we rehearse? Because she made him, you know, like, don't go rehearse. We don't want to catch anything. Right. So, I had the demo of the songs from rehearsal, all the songs, right, uh-huh. just from practice. And one day I go, and I even said to the, uh, the manager, my brother, I go, I was loving these songs so much, this album, that once we weren't rehearsing anymore, I stopped listening to us. I, I didn't listen for six months. Right. And I said this one day, I'm not kidding. I go, I'm going to go take a ride with this now because it was the daytime. I go, I'm going to go see if I don't think they're amazing. If I don't love them, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping the band right now. I'm, trust wow. me, I'm not joking. I would have wow. stopped. Man, when I drove again, just like, you know, future, and I already was loving them before the break. I just mm-hmm. wanted to see if I still felt the same. Yeah. I was playing air guitar and stuff, and I've never done that in my life for my music. I mean, I, I couldn't believe, I was listening to it almost like I was a little kid. I was listening to Number of the Beast, enjoying it that much, you know? Right. And uh, so, that confirmed it for me. We'll continue to do this, right? And that's how we finished it. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> In that, listen, let me go ahead and tell you something. You are a beautiful soul, and let me say this to you. So many things that I want to ask you, and I could have asked you, you have already answered them. And there's no need to even ask the questions because you are telling it, and, and I'm listening, and I'm riding with you. I'm in the car with you, bro. <laughs> All right. My problem is with you because you're you're so easy to talk. I feel like I've known you before, <laughs> and it's so cool. When I'm telling you, I, I a million things pop in my head, they'll blow you away, but I, I want to finish the one. And I don't want to get to the other one because it leaves one half. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I believe me, man. These stories. Well, first of all, like, see, part of my head. You know, we sued Dr. Dre, right? Right. Yeah, listen. Okay. Go right on there too, because I. See, if I went into that, that story. Yeah. Well, that's what. Well, we had a trademark. I was so into music. You know, I loved the band for me. When I finally came up with the name Afterman, while I was a not TSA like TSA, uh-huh. I was working at O'Hare for United. Right. Uh, uh, Andy Frame was a company, and I would, you know, I had to sit in front of the screen when people put their stuff on there. Right. They made you, you're only supposed to sit there an hour, but they kept us on for two, three hours looking yeah. for x rays. And the, the way they test you, and I would come through with a suitcase and they have a gun and a fake one. If you don't catch it, they take you off. They wouldn't fire you, they just go do something else, you know? Right. Plus, or you could sit there when, when people go through with those scanners, you know, and you, uh-huh. you know, you're the guy there at the airport. Yeah. Well, I, I never paid attention. So I was sitting there, and it's just basically like this on the screen, I was sitting there. 
And I was writing down band names. And I got a list of 100 band names. Uh, a little under, probably 70 or something, because I know it was over 50. Uh-huh. Aftermath was one of them. And everybody liked that one the most when I gave the list. It, it yeah. wasn't right away, but we were giving and that, that was a time when nobody knew what Aftermath was. So for years, yes. we'd go, Aftermath is English? What's that? You know, like that joke. Right. Like nobody knew the word Aftermath. Now the word Aftermath is like, everybody uses it for anything. And the aftermath of me taking a shit, right. you know, anything. They use it for everything now, man. The aftermath of my toenail cutting, yeah. just like Gaslight. Right. You know, when, we, when the album came on, the song was a year before. Uh-huh. I remember telling people around us, over and over, Gaslight, what's Gaslight? You know, I go, it's about brainwashing, they're gaslighting you. You know, yes. they're making you, yes. you know something, they're changing it so you think you don't know. You know, they're just messing with you. It's yeah. gaslighting, right? Last year, usually we go ahead and pick up this award of the year. It's massive. Yes, yeah, indeed. And it's been having a lot with us, maybe with words that like suicide. There's a, there's more to come if you see the titles. Uh-huh. But anyways, so aftermath, we ended up naming the band. So I didn't want no other band. So I, we got a trademark, you know, back then. And guess what? You know what? Barely any even the big bands have trademarks. Right. Years later, we found out. Man, you understand how many big bands? Like, I mean, bands, like you know, bands. Very few. He goes, actually, go and do this. Especially mm-hmm. when they get bigger, they haven't done it. They feel, figure they're covered, you know. Right, right, right. And uh, so we did it. And the way we did it is when we got a record offer off of Killing Future from New Renaissance and a couple other labels, mm-hmm. and uh, we got contracts. So I, we didn't have a lawyer. And then uh, I called up a thing that was called Lawyers for the Creative Arts out of Chicago. This right. guy Tim Kelly picks it up, and he would like him too. He's one of those guys you could talk to. He was. I remember he looked like a tall, nerdy guy, a right guy with long hair. You know, those guys that had long hair with glasses were kind of like those guitar nerds. But he was a lawyer, you know. He was a nerd, no drugs, but he had long hair. You know, you know. But you, you wanted a nerdy guy like that, you know. What I mean, you don't want a guy party. But he just answered the call. A service from the city. Yeah. He ended up becoming our, our lawyer for years. Wow. He did everything for free. And then he's the one that helped us with the trademark. Because you know how much money it costs to trademark your name? Yes, it does. Yes, not, so it's we finally it. did it. took a couple of years to do it. You know, you got to right. do searches. The lawyer did it, right? Indeed. And then you f- figure you're protected. And then when Drace people came around, not only should we protect it because we had the name after and there was a music, but it happened to be the years of rap metal where the confusion was more than ever. Yeah. Because it was born Limp Bizkit. That's what yes. we sued for the name. The, the, uh, the 90s, you know, that's why before the band broke up in 96. Right. So right. we were shooting, yeah. And, the, and then the I see, man, so the Eyes of Tomorrow album, right? They came out in 1994. It was supposed <laughs> to come out in 1980. Right. Yeah, because yeah, it was that break in between. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because it was really, because people go, 94 was the worst year in metal. I remember Iron Maiden with the, the Blaze came here and they played the Vic to a thousand people. You know, all the mm. metal deals playing small. So metal was a bad word when the song came out. Right. You know, so already, and plus the band was broken up. So I'm yeah. surprised he even got to that status with nobody promoting it. We, we broke yeah. up, you know? Yeah. And uh, and then um, the reason it, came, it didn't come out, we were signed up, we got a record deal. First, we almost had a record deal with Roadrunner with Monty Connor, you know? Right. Because he wanted to sign us from the Words demo. They got the 10 best demos in Kerrang, you know, the second, the Words that I fear. Killer Future first one was like, even though we got other ones, but they got out, they weren't supposed to be out. Like the 96 demo, those weren't, they get listed, but they were never released. You know, they, they, we didn't print copies and send them around. I, I don't know wow. how. Yeah. Yeah. The real only demos we worked, because yeah. if you go to all these sites, Metal Archives, whatever, it's got like four demos. It's got 96 demo, Roadrunner demo, Roadrunner paid for that demo, uh, one Ooh. of the demos. And it's got one more, and then it's got the, oh, oh yeah, three, uh, 96 demo, Roadrunner demo, and the first demo, those three demos, never from the public. So for sure, everywhere is getting listed like five demos. The only demos that were for a quick killing the future and words that I go fear. Yeah. 87, yeah. 89. So uh uh we almost uh, 
We didn't sign with Monty. They, uh, well, they love the words demo. It was ready to go, but the case in uh, Holland, the boss, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to hear more songs that were a little more, not as complex, more like, uh, he, I remember he said, more like uh, choruses, more like, you know, right, uh, right, right. Said, but some simple stuff, you know? Yeah. If, we if you hear the 96 demo, especially songs like Metallic Slums and High Rises uh-huh. or Japan, and so, uh, well, it, it got to the jazz level. Well, let me say, so the, so the Eyes of Tomorrow, that, that listen, the groove of that is so cool to me. You know, I'm saying it just has a groove because you guys were doing a certain thing, and then you kind of changed it up, and then to me, the older stuff was fast paced. It had a dark theme to them. The, the the titles were dark, but the music wasn't dark. But as you progressed to the stuff that you were doing, you know, like Eyes of Tomorrow is. The music and the the uh, subject matter and the titles were all of it was dark together, you know. But it was it had that groove to it though. Because when I was listening to it, I was just like, oh yes, indeed. Yeah. I love the fast stuff too. You know, it was it, it was great. You know, so so, so what, what what was up with that? It got the group because I mean I'm, I'm going to say our drummer's amazing, man. That's why yeah. it's a drummer. Everybody, those guys, and Stephen Ray, they're so brilliant that when Aftermath broke up, if I was them. Yeah. I would have been a famous drummer and guitar player. I kept telling back that. Right. I go, back. They didn't play the well, after I broke up in '96. Wait, and then we went on and did mother. See this? Yes. No. No. Talk about. See, we got yeah, Well, we're, I, we're I, I, I wanted to tell you what I was telling, but well, after I broke up, I broke that up because man, see these stories are too good. All right. When we <laughs> broke up, we had signed Doctor. We sued Doctor Dre, right? Right. 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 It lasted three days in court. Only it started three, with okay. a phone call in my house in this room. I got yes. a call when we had a call. Wait, remember those yes. old phones? Of and I was talking to a girlfriend that I was madly in love with, and the stories were her and saying she even hit me with a car. And like, it, it's just a, it was almost like a Sid and Nancy with her, you know? So we were there. So me and her, I was on the line with her, and I was working at a record uh, one stop called Baker and Taylor, where they had everything, you know, you could get from every label. Yes. You know, it was a big place. It's a known chain, Baker and Taylor, you know? Uh huh. So, like you didn't have to go to a million uh, small independent store. Didn't have to call a million labels. They could get Warner Brothers, Electra, Road, every label at one stop. You know, right? It was a big warehouse with all CDs and vinyl. Yes. I remember when I, I got it through a, 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 a you know those places, the temp services. Uh huh. And I got a bunch of my friends with Toys R Us. We did some, and you should see the stories. I can tell you there. Like I fist fights <laughs> with one of the managers because he told me to, in the back of the warehouse. He left me back there. I was a top. He was. I want you to count all the inventory here. I'll be back in an hour. He handed me a clipboard. I waited there for an hour. I was so many. I go, I can't wait till it comes back. He goes back. He goes back and he just he goes, What's the count? I go, I didn't do the fucking count. And then he goes, You didn't do it. I got up. And then right away, I just pushed him in and kind of hit him a little. He fell in boxes. They fired me for that, but it was a temp service, right? So, um, so when I went to the Baker Tail, I go, oh my God, this is, I remember the ladies at the temp service. I must have cracked them up because, Charlie, this job you're going to love. It's all music. It's a big warehouse full of music. Right. So I got friends' jobs there from other bands, too, and everything. Right. So I'm in there. And um, <laughs> so I get a call. I, I had to be there two in the afternoon. And I get a call. I mean, on the phone, three is Kiriakos. Uh, they mess up my name. And then I go, this is me. And I go, who is this? He goes, this is Pete Paterno, and we're calling because a small R&B label starting, our client, and uh, we noticed uh, you have the trademark. Uh, we want to give you $5,000, and yeah. it, I mean, there's no confusion. You, first of all, this label, he goes, it's small R&B. You won't even hear of it. It's right. so out of the, the loop. It's not, not going to be a big label or nothing. Blah, blah, blah. He was saying all this, $5,000, you keep the name, no, no problem, and we're done. 
Right. My answer was, yeah, I let him talk, man. This is hilarious what I did to that man. I mean, <laughs> yes, you should see what I did. And I go, what was your name again? And I go, I got some my girlfriend on the other phone, so I'm kind of in a rush. Right. Was, I didn't realize Trey left everything till the end for the name problem. The album was supposed to come out, his first album, in that Christmas. And this was like almost late summer, August, September. Right. So, so they were at a conference call at Interscope, imagine. And I go, wow. what was your name again? He goes, Pete Paterno, right? I go, aren't you Metallica's lawyer? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I go, why Why are you calling for a small R&B label? Right. I tell him right away he didn't know what to say. And I didn't realize I was a speaker and who knows, it was a room yes, call. Yes, I go, yes. well, that's kind of weird. I go, anyways, go on. He goes, yeah, again, there's no way. I go, R&B, though. And I remember I said to him again, who's other lawyer? And he mentioned somebody else. I go, I didn't say to him, I didn't believe him. I just go, hmm, that's kind of weird. I just kept saying that. Right. Go, but anyway, and I did this. I go, but anyways, you know where I was going? The warehouse where all the CDs, right? <laughs> At that time, I was in a mad rush because I worked there three years and everybody was taking CDs. And I, I wanted so many, right? So yeah. I was in a pie. I had the Rolling Stone book of all the music and I was obsessed with getting every important band's the whole catalog. Of course. You know, kind of like taking them, you know, ripping them off. Right. I had to do it, man, because everybody's getting them there, man. You know, I was just sick of everything. And I go, man, I can't. Imagine every Friday, especially all the new release. So yeah. I was obsessed. I had to go to work, go on the computer. And plus, I had to deal with the crazy girlfriend, you know. And all that. Yeah. So when he was telling me, and plus, it was just annoying because to me, it was getting close to aftermath ending anyways. Yeah. Even though, you know, so I go, hey, man, you got it. Because that's why I did. I go, hey, do you know about Kraut Rock? It was crowd rock. I go, yeah, you know, that German rock that came out in the early 60s that influenced a lot of DJs later and everything, like Can and Faust. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, like uh, Einstein's of the Neubauten, but Can and Faust, really, and stuff. And I went off on a thing like that, man. I went, I didn't stop for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> I was telling them all about it. And I went deep into it. And then after that, right when I told him all that, I go, hey, oh, I got to go, man. I got I to gotta be right already late. I go, if you want to talk to me again, you can talk to my brother. Bye. I hung up. Right. And then my brother was in law school then. He wasn't even a lawyer yet. I never talked to them again. I refused all their calls. I really? remember at one point, it got to a point where we were sitting in my backyard out there. And I was, my brother goes, I go, what are you talking about? He goes, pace back and forth. He goes, you know, and then we're upping the price. We got to 200000 right. And then I go, no, I don't, I, I go, I'm not sharing the name. Right. You know, right. And I go, what's the point? And then, uh, and then. Even you know who Jimmy Ivan is, right? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I remember Jimmy Ivan called my house one day, uh-huh. you know, and my brother again. Uh, I didn't, I didn't take his call, and <laughs> and we worked at Baker and Taylor, right? So I remember going to Smart Bar down the Metro downstairs, yeah. and it was a, a Universal Interscope party or whatever, right? Because okay. we got invited because of Baker and Taylor, and then I remember the word all over, man. I heard it from people all over. Man, you didn't take Jimmy's call, man. I know that you didn't take Jimmy's call, right? Yeah. You know, so. He goes, man, everybody takes you to go. I mean, years <laughs> later on HBO, like two, three years ago, there was a documentary about Dre and Jimmy Iovine. They even showed yeah. him in the picture. You know, right. when, I mean, he came up with uh, headphones, uh, whatever. Of course. Jimmy Iovine in the documentary, his family says it. He's always on the phone. And it, it's so important. It, like him, if you don't take his call, it's a big, big deal. And, <laughs> and it was, man. So I, I might be one of the only ones that didn't take his call. I didn't feel like talking to him. And I remember when I, and you know who Doug Morris is, the head of, uh, he was the head of Universal. Yes. Right? I remember sitting at a table with him. Now, this is after the lawsuit. And they offered us a deal. Can you believe that? After right, we yeah. Sued, yeah, that's, that's, the, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the lawsuit, the preliminary injunction came out. Like, they didn't say we can't, they didn't say we can't use it because I got the chamber. They said we could coexist. But if we want to really? stop them again, we're going to have to go to a full-blown trial. Wow. And, our, and at that time, we Tim Kelly, he was, we got better lawyers, we thought. 
pro yeah. bono. Just uh-huh. I don't know. They had these two guys, nice, gullible, nice man. You know, almost yeah. kind of those nice guys. You know, yeah. they didn't know they were not. They were. They didn't know nothing about music. But nothing. I mean, my, <laughs> if my brother was a lawyer, he was not here to crush them at, at court. Right. Because right. what my brother did in court, the head of paternal, his name's Howard King, the head of the law firm that Metallica and everything, where paternal works. He gave my card at the very end. I remember, like when we were leaving court, because they like they thought it was going to be a quick thing. They didn't fight it. It lasted three days. The second day, the first day, they seen how, how prepared we were, how no yes. we were wide at that point. Yes. They, they acted like they had a car accident down and with their limo when people Charles coming to court just to postpone it to the next day to get more prepared. They came with nothing, you know. Wow. And, they, uh, and the big head guy uh, flew out. Think about it. They flew out those lawyers where they thought it wasn't even good. They thought right. it was going to handle it with a phone call one afternoon. Right. You know? And, and we busted them because we were downtown. They go, man, my, my brother even thought, it. he goes, their hotel's over here. The courthouse here. It's two blocks. It's congested. They're in a limo. How did they get the accident where they demolished the, the limo car? Because we knew they couldn't go fast enough from there to there. Right. So we were burning on every section. At the end, Howard King goes, when you got out of law school, he goes, call me, come and work for me. He's my brother. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, to California. If he, and, you know, man, if, if it was anybody else, just like the reason, they would have taken that. To be a lawyer in that firm right away, he right. would have been. If my brother was took him up, he, he's just he's just brilliant. He graduated school. Like, they kicked him out of high school. Because, like, he's one of those kids that never got anything lower than an A. Right. I mean, yeah, he's one of those kids, man. It's, it's unbelievable. Yes, it and he hung out with me and never did drugs, nothing. Never party. <laughs> you know? But he didn't become a nerd. He he actually at one point when we were young, grew his hair long, he worked out, he got muscle. So but he was never a party guy or nothing like that. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. And anyways, yeah. from, from a little, he wanted to be a lawyer and that kind of stuff, you know. Gotcha, but gotcha, loved music as a man. That's why he enjoys music. He's like almost like Peter Grant loves the music, not just the business, you know, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. That guy was the greatest manager ever, man. Because I have everybody gets more money on tour. He's the only guy that didn't rip off a band. Uh, yeah. Look at Elvis and Colonel Parker, that fat piece of shit. Elvis <laughs> never went outside the country. Think about it. Elvis was the biggest singer in the world, and he never played outside the United States. Really? Yeah, I didn't never. Know that. Colonel Parker, Colonel Parker didn't want him to go because he was afraid of flying, and he thought if he let Elvis alone, somebody would take him, steal wow. him. Wow, that's crazy. And he made him do all those cheesy movies because he had big debts to pay in uh, gambling in Vegas. That's why he took him to Vegas. The business. He milked the shit out of Elvis. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Wow. But anyways, uh, so. Anyways, uh, that when it ended the court, we we're at the smart bar. I didn't take his call, and then Jimmy Ivan goes, "Hey man, your stuff's pretty cool." You know, I remember he kept saying, "Man, like well, the way we're gonna do, it, we're gonna sign you guys, and then we're gonna make you break the area. Just keep playing the like he goes. Marilyn Manson played Florida in that area over and over. Yeah, and then right we noticed that whole Midwest area from Chicago, blah, blah, you know, just the Midwest before going to the coast. Uh-huh. He goes, Runs you cover that, then we'll." Let the whole machine go, Interscope, and really take care of it. You know, that's how we do it, he said, right? right? And it was a good kind. Con- we made a video for a song called Subway. The band was called Mother God Movie Star. Yeah, Mother God Movie Star, right, right. You know why right. I did that? Because Jimmy Ivy, then I with Doug Morris, I remember, we're sitting at the smart bar, and uh, they both go, hey, man, you got to keep the name Aftermath. Right. First of all, you took us to court over. He goes, you got to, I mean, <laughs> we thought that's the name you wanted. Yeah. Because yeah. why would you sue us over it? Now you, you're not there no more. I go, right. That's why I took you to court. I don't want to share it. Yeah. I go, indeed. and then I remember he goes, Rolling Stone and Mick, he never cared. And I remember I go, I go, I don't give a fuck what Mick cared. If, <laughs> I go, I would care. What does that mean to me? I don't care what if he cared. Right. I really don't. Because right. I mean, see, I don't view like to me already then, I, I didn't think they were more important. You know, I feel I love their music. I never became the only rock star I would ever want to be, even to this day, if I was I would it be Eddie Van Halen. 
Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't care. If I meet him like anybody else, it would never matter to me. You know what I mean? Right. And okay. the older I get, it's more, I'm so not materialistic. I don't care about, if I was rich, man, and you told me I got a house here, house here, I go, oh my God, who's going to take care of that shit? Right. All I want is enough money to have enough money to have oh, just man, minimal. I agree with you. I agree with yeah. you so much, man. Yeah, man, because life yeah. is like, it's, having shit like that, it, it, it Complication, complication is simplicity is the best. It's yeah, it's yeah. the godly way, not godly. And because I'm not, I, I was not religious. You know, grew up uh, uh, Christian, Orthodox. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh, but uh-huh. we never went to church. You know, just on Easter and stuff. Right, right. So, and I remember early on we did communion. I remember bothering me that when they give it to me, you had to wait in line. And, you of know, course, yeah, yeah. And I go, man, there's an old lady. I just, we use the same spoon. You have more robes, okay. <laughs> and I, I remember telling my mom, why is it? Why is it? Why do they wear black robes like that, man? I go, uh-huh. first of all, I remember always telling my, I mean. I don't want to do that anymore because <laughs> the black robes and stuff like it doesn't seem like something God would want, man. They, they, uh, they look evil. Right. You know? Right. And I, I, I just get questioned, just like the marijuana thing. Why are you busting me, man? You're insulting me, man. I'm an adult. I can't smoke that thing that grows in the ground. What? I can't eat a tomato next? <laughs> so, so the church thing started bothering me. And then after that, I became a teenager. I wrote, to, well, that's all garbage, you know, especially the Catholic priests are raping kids left and right. Oh, you know what I mean? Goodness. So organized religion, those are just called. But thank God, again, now that I've learned, you know, I've researched the last 10 years, everything that I felt uncomfortable with growing up, everything, man, I could yes. list a million things. Uh-huh. I know why exactly now. And I, I go, wow, I just knew it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I know, see, there is a guy. I, I, if you asked me this before the research 10 years ago, the deep research, yes. I would have gone, I don't know, man. I don't think there is. I think those are all fairy tales. There's no way, right? right? But after you seek truth and go to, to really find out all if it's conspiracy or not, Mm-hmm. I was as soon as a, a report, a video, a book, anything, I, I started going da, 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 reading it, and the word yes. uh, God came up. I stopped reading it for the first year because mm-hmm. I go, now this is religious stuff. This is gonna be yes. so. I, yeah. At one point, I remember I go, man, I, I'm not finding anything new. I still don't get why they're doing it. Right. You know. You know what's the point of one world order? What's the point of the 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 one percent doing all this stuff to the world? I mean, what, what aren't they human? Aren't they worried about life? You know, they live and die. I mean, they don't live forever. I go, why do they have wars right now? Wars should have been abolished. The wars was a big thing because yeah. I almost had a fight with my friend in the alley and it was two guys, right? Equal uh-huh. side. And then some neighbors wanted to call the police. It was late at night, but we weren't making noise. Just two guys. And I go, we, can, we can't fight, but the wars happen all the time, right? I told them, right? right? I go, that's mm-hmm. bullshit. But I was kind of buzzed, right? So I, right from that, I walked into my backyard because it was my alley. And I go, man, when's the last time we had war peace on earth like that? I kept looking. I go, those gotta be. I couldn't find it, man. In America, I think the history where it was nothing like seven or years at one point, barely. You know, yes. even if they don't call more, you know, wars, armies, right? And yes. guess what? I go, that's not. That there's something up. That that really got me going. I go because <laughs> there had to be a group of people go, man. Wars don't work. We see that there had to be people going. Let's just not try not having any wars for a while. You know, all the elite of the world. Let's yeah. you know where they meet in the secret Bohemian groves or the uh, uh, collateral. Uh, you know, the UN meetings or, you know, the ones they have just now, they just have. Uh-huh. Yeah. You figure, hey, guys, let's try not, you know, we kind of, you know, wars kind of happen because we're the rich and we kind of create these things called tanks and bombs. How about we don't do that for a while? <laughs> right. Let's give it a try. Right. Like that London guy said, give a piece of chance. Let's just, yeah. maybe we won't need armies at one point, right? Yeah. Not even close. I go, that doesn't make sense. There's no way that's possible. Yeah. There's yeah. something going on here. Right. And that started everything. Right. So. Because you know, man, war shouldn't have been happening, man. They they, they want they create the wars, depopulation stuff. It's it's to move yeah. things around. Yeah. Wars are a step to the next level, you know, all of them. Like one world war one, world war two, 
took it. If that didn't happen, we wouldn't get where we're at now. Right, right now, we're in cloud world. It's, <laughs> it's gotten to the point where 2030, agenda 2030 is when the new world order begins. You know, with 15 cities, smart cities, you know, uh, oh. uh, uh, what do they call it? Um, and see, that's why I hate when I when I find somebody, I forget all these words, you know, when I know them by heart. And I know, I, you know, the UN, all that um, sustainable development, all that bullshit, you know? Yes. Look, look, what, look what they're pushing around now, smart cities, 15-minute cities, 15-minute cities. They're, they're going to get all the cities. To, everything you need is 15 minutes away. You don't need automobiles. You don't need to leave this area. They're, sh- they're burning the farms down. They're shrinking the crowds, the population together. There's a yeah. speech on no time to waste down, and especially the concept down. There is something wrong. Yes. Where a guy paid out of his own money in '68 or whatever to go and press vinyl of four-hour speech he just gave, just talking. Mm-hmm. Everything he says in that speech, you know it's true because you got 40, 50 years of what he said in the '60s. And the '70s, yeah, that happened. That happened. That happened. That. Right. That little guy must be a fortune teller, or we must start a religion on him because that little man knew <laughs> the truth of the future. Nostradamus, baby. He's, <laughs> no, no, real stuff. This blew Notre Dame away. That, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. He even said they're going to divide people so much they can divide the gay communities. And mm. at that point, I remember even four years ago, I go five years ago, like twenty when we put out the twenty nineteen. I go, I was just thinking, how they can divide that when they, you know, I analyze that speech. Everything it's like four hours yeah. long, right? Yes. Look what they did now. LGBT, 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 right? <laughs> that wasn't existing four years ago. I go here. Every if you listen to a speech right now, every uh, from then on when you heard the speech, you go, "Oh my God! Oh, my, it's going to keep going because it's getting more intense now." Everything right. he says, so they're going to divide. He said they're going to blame. They're going to say like, "White people came up with this. That's uh-huh. something they know they didn't. Black people came up with this. Something uh-huh. they know they something that they know they did, and just so they can fight, they're going to blame." Uh, and right now, when I click in every on uh, on uh, one of those servers, I don't know the technical names. Uh-huh. All black and white. Like I, I mean, even if I, I don't want to lose you, if I do it now, because mm-hmm. I don't sign in. It's just uh, like on Chrome. When I sign in Chrome and it pops up the news of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always that shit, man. Just to, to divide blacks. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, especially nineties, uh-huh. the whole decade, the whole uh, after that, and even the eighties, but we were young kids, so we weren't going to bars and hanging out all over. You know, it was more like neighborhoods and parties, but uh-huh. the metal scene. I, I, by this point, I, I, I never thought it'd be any racism. I don't know about uh, and in Chicago, man, everybody in the metal scene, nobody ever cared what nationality were. They didn't care black, white, Puerto right. Rican. Nobody gave a fuck at all, man. Right, and right. If a black person or somebody that wasn't or an Indian person did come in, like I remember this guy, Lance, he was a black kid, right? Early right. on in 85, he got treated so great because it, it was cool that he liked metal, you know? Right, right. And right. he got treated better. His band was kind of shitty, but he got all the cool shows because he was black. <laughs> yeah. so everybody, yeah, you know, because it's cool. So even that, there was, I mean, it would never be the other way around, never, yes, you know? Yes. And, and, and in Chicago, like Wicker Park or well, Wrigley, where we hung out, there was never a bar where it was one type of person. I, yes. I never been to a bar. That's why if I went out deep south and it was all like, rednecks or whatever and i would never feel comfortable because i never been in a bar where it was only like white people or any kind of it was never everything but mixed you know for you to were you saying that see i'm a military kid and i've always told so many people it was always hard for me to understand because people are like oh man you're getting into this metal band and and it's just all white guys and whatever and i'm looking at them like i never thought about that not one time it didn't matter to me because i grew up listening to everything and so I don't care if it was country, if it was classical music, it was so many ethnicities and, and, and races and cultures that were on the fort system 
that I embraced all of that. That's all I knew. It wasn't about your cup. We didn't care about that. We just didn't. And so, right, right but, 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 but afterwards it became to where I'm looking at everything and all these people, I'm like, man, it, that, that was hard for me. That bothered me. It disturbed me. It, I mean, it really did. And so I have a friend of mine, I call him Cabo San Lucas. Uh, his name is Lucas. I always say that his life's a, a, a vacation. You know, I mess with him. He's one of the funniest guys, but he's from uh, Indiana, from uh, Michigan up that way. Cool dude. And he said, he said, it's what's going to happen is when all these old, 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 crazy racist people, he said, it's going to take a while. He said, but once they die out, he said, things are going to change. He said, but they're still feeding that, that, that kind of information, just like you're saying. I don't usually get deep into it, but they're still feeding that stuff to people. And it's just crazy. And so to hear you say more now than ever, especially the past year. Oh, so yeah, yeah. And just like you said, you never thought about that stuff and you didn't care. That's exactly what we never thought about. Man, I never once had a conversation about race. Bro, never, never. Why would I? I grew up, first of all, I grew up with Kenzie and Lawrence in the 70s, Albany Park. Man, that neighborhood, Assyrians, Latin Kings. Puerto Ricans, yes. Mexicans. I mean, right. I told you the flight, the white, all the white people were gone. First of all, you know, right, 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 left right, by that right. time. But yeah. even when they were there, it still was never that. It was still mm-hmm. some white people and all the other races. Yeah. And white, I'm a Greek or Italian. You know what I mean? Like that yes, it wasn't yes. like white, white. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but white, so, white. so it was never. I mean. And plus, when we went to Greece and places like that, where we spent more time than any other place, you know, we went to other countries. But the summers when we went to Greece when we were younger, man, there was never any. First of all, because they thought that it was crazy that America was known for the violence. I remember one guy telling us, your country is great here in Greece. We love everybody. And they really do, man. If you go to Greece, nobody's you're never going to hear it. It doesn't matter. They'll treat you great, man. No, especially if you went to the smaller place, not the Athens, Uh went to the smaller towns and villages. Right. They love it, man. I mean, I, I brought friends from there. Man, they went on their own. I mean, they're just friends. You know, Italy's kind of the same, but Greece mm-hmm. is really known for their hospitality because everybody gets. Man, we've been. I remember we slept at night because there were no hotels on islands back then when they were all sold out in dining rooms of people's houses. Yeah, we didn't know them, wow. and it was only because you know we seen them there. All oh, you guys, you could tell they, we didn't pay them. They, they had another game. We could have murdered. Right. We had long hair. They didn't know. Right. <laughs> We're from America. But anyway, so I didn't go nowhere where any race. I thought human beings. Yeah. We judge them because that black guy did something bad to people. That white guy did something bad to people. Yeah. That's it. We don't. Right. And we wouldn't even say the black. We go, John. We wouldn't even exactly. Put exactly. Yeah. We go there, exactly. John's an asshole or whatever. You know? <laughs> right. and, and now when, when it's turned around like, like this and and. Plus, with me, man, I don't know if you know this. I love rap too, you know. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I, I love, I, I hate the rap now. You know what I mean? You I hate like the awful rap. Yeah, I don't yeah. give a shit because I was talking to my friend, like, like uh, this young generation of rap, man, with the, the skinny jean neck tattoos and everything. First of all, I don't even know if it's rap. I, they, it's all like sad emo sounding stuff, especially like Juice World <laughs> stuff. I got a friend that's my age. We we talking about Rush, my age, right? Yeah. I think I mentioned to you earlier the guy that I made him by Van Halen. Uh-huh. We connected this past year. Yeah, yeah. I made it by uh, uh, the got arrested for one C V and Halen in nineteen eighty in cafeteria in freshman year. I was I've been saying I he's uh he thinks Juice World's amazing because really? some girl was listening to it that he's in love with and left left them. And I go, dude, it's the girl. Juice World is not amazing, you know? And not only Juice World, it gets even uh, more like there's more underground, especially Chicago. Uh-huh. I mean there's a lot of uh, underground where it, it, it the I there's no rhyme here. It seems like yeah. the auto tune, you know, it's just like almost like love auto tune talking. Right, right, indeed. 
man, come on, watch the Chuck D, Public Enemy, man. Oh, you know, one of the greatest bands ever. Put on uh, uh, It Takes a Nation of Millions or Fear of a Black Planet. Like, yes, even a song like Night Train, you know? Uh, oh, you know, Flavor Flames. I mean, that's just amazing shit. Like, of course. Yeah. Of course. I'm a big PE right. fan. Yes, right, right, hold on. Let me roll my. This is a split. It's got weed and tobacco. <laughs> but look what I'm going to show you right now. It's old school, really old school, just the format. Oh man, listen. I got both of those somewhere. I have both yeah. of them too. The same yeah, these are also. masterpieces. Yes, yeah, sir. I love these. Up. Yeah, this is amazing, right? Come on, compare it to the shit now, the rap stuff, man. It's not the same. <laughs> this had power, man. It was intense. Yes, and Chuck D had the best voice and tone. And then I love the Beastie Boys. The Beastie yes. Boys were those guys were just flowing on stage. You watch some European concerts, you know, whether it's like whatever, I'm Check Your Head or Hello, Hello Nasty or uh, man, oh, Hell man. Communication or Paul's Boutique. This guy that's right true. here, man. This guy right here, man. You Listen, that's well, that's our era. That's that's what we... Well, listen. put it this way. Right now, if I blasted any of those, I'd go crazy, man. I, they just pump me up, man. It's insane. So, you, you know, know I, so you know I had... um I talked with Raheem from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Great oh, conversation. Really? Oh, man, we had a great conversation. Uh, and then I talked with Doc Ice from UTFO. And oh my goodness! Oh my goodness, man! You want to talk about? And then Cosmo D from Nucleus. Listen, let me tell you something. Oh man, we just had great conversations, and just like with you, they were all together, or like no, no, just these are different different shows that I've had. And man, you want to talk about? We just had a great, just like you and I are having, just a great conversation, man. Yeah, and and just like you gave me chills with what you're talking about, they did the same thing, man. Just goosebumps and just taking me back to those days of us listening to that music, man. So, yeah, it was great, man. And and Chuck D is a big influence on me. Uh, A lot of people was like, "You kind of sound like." I was like, "Man, do you know how much I listened to Public Enemy? Like, you know, the, the, the first album, My Uzi weighs a ton." Oh my goodness! Yo, bum rush the show. Yo, bum rush the show, man. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Yeah, yo, bum rush the show, man. And it just, oh my goodness, man. That's funny. Our drummer bought that at Rolling Stone Records. That's record oh, store. I told you. Yes. When it came out, yeah, we and I remember. I even because we didn't know. That. I mean, for when it came out, yeah, and they came back because it was you know when somebody got something, everyone went to hear it, you know, because you know you didn't have a lot of money back then to buy albums, right, you know. Right. right. I remember and he came back. He pulled it out. He goes, I go, what's that? He goes. Public Enemy, right? Yeah. I, he goes. He didn't even hear about me. He knew there were a new rap band that came out, right? Oh my god! And I go, man. And I remember that week, some big album came out from a metal band. Yeah. And I go, wow, right? It's pretty interesting. You got that instead of like Maiden or something of that level, you know? <laughs> right. Which I thought it was weird. It surprised me that he did that, you know? Yes. Yeah. You know, especially then, because first of all, they were, it was Public Enemy's first album, so we didn't even right. know how they even sounded. It you did. know, we didn't. We're not from New York. Yes. And uh, yes. and then I got. Somehow, uh, I, I enjoyed that one, but I, I think the turntable, I just didn't buy that one, right? Till later, I got that, I got the second album, it's the first one for me. Yes. And then I remember, like, telling Ray, like, I heard the first one, I go, man, he didn't get the second one when it came out, you know? Uh-huh, I go, uh-huh. and uh, I go, get that one, man, it's better. But oh, I, I got yeah. it kind of, I, I remember this that many years that he didn't go buy it when I was telling him it was better. I go, man, I'm yeah. telling you it's better. You bought the first one, you didn't even know what it was. I go, and you like it, man, get the second one. Because oh, I told God. you when I like something musically, I kind of push it. Yes, yeah. You know? And uh, since then, it was crazy because, man, it was just like, rap was just like, it's exciting to me. And it's, it's just so weird because, I think I listened probably certain points where I listened nothing but rap. Right. And for right, years I didn't right. listen to metal, you know right, what I mean? Right. And right. I think I kind of got back into that mode where I was listening to other my when the game put out an album. Uh-huh. You know, 
Remember when uh, he did the thing with uh, 50 Cent? 50 Cent? And, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, that was big. That yeah. was massive. Yeah. Yeah, then around that time, I really got back in the rabbit. I remember I was hanging out with some guys in New York from XXL Magazine. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a little bit after 9-11, because uh, the streets were closed off, and then we tried to walk as close to the building, and you could see down, you know, all the smoke still and everything. Right. Because mm-hmm. it happened September 11th. This was like uh, October or something or whatever. Yeah. And I remember smoking weed with all those rap guys, the XXL, the, the, right, the, the right. writers from Magazine. Right. Editor. Yeah. And uh, they took me to this place called Don. It, it's known. I keep forgetting the name. Don, whatever. He's worked with everybody. Uh-huh. And, and uh, he had a club down there. And uh, and uh, wait, what was going to tell you? What other? Oh, that, that's what I was remember. It was the DMX time. That's what I was trying to think. Whoa, the other Ooh, third guy. And it was the DMX. Time. And I love DMX's album so much. And you know, he goes, what? What? <laughs> right. I was in a band called Stripping a Pistol, like I told you. Uh-huh. And we got the song called Sunshine in the Rain. Yeah. It was like a ballad. Well, we almost signed to Columbia. Matt Pinfield, you know, from MTV. Uh-huh. He was the A&R guy. Was yeah, sign yeah. Us. But when he came to Chicago to sign us, he went on a gigantic Coke binge. Wow. Where he disappeared. So he came to see us. And then when he was supposed to go back to New York on that week, my brother was calling New York the whole week. Uh, uh, Columbia didn't know where he was. And then finally, we went and found him. Thought he never left the hotel. He was here. And my brother goes to the Hard Rock Hotel, uh, you know, the... the what do they call it? Wow. Those, those, uh, House of Blues. House of Blues. The uh-huh. House of Blues Hotel in Chicago. There, it's right next okay. to the hotel. Uh-huh. He went up to his room, knocked on the door. Matt Penfield opens up the door with his white, tidy whitey underwear, totally uh-huh. naked, besides his underwear, crying yeah. all sweaty. And on the phone was this guy, Rod McDermott, that managed Lincoln Park. Uh-huh. That was his sponsor for drugs. So he called. So he spent oh, like almost wow. $10,000 that weekend at a hotel. All wow. So wow. I remember he brought him down to our car, my brother, when he got him down from the hotel. He was going, I mean, I'm going, to be, I'm going to go back this week, Monday. I'm I'm going to, you know, like he said, I'm going to be clean and everything. And it was almost Christmas time. He goes, then when we come back January, we'll sign the band and everything. And everybody will sing stripping in the pistol. He even said the head of, who was that, Walt? The head of Columbia was talking about the song, Sunshine in the Rain, it was called, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, that's what we're going to say. But then that disappears, whatever. The band that got the deal we were supposed to get was Coheed and Cambria, you know? Mm-hmm. So he signed them when, after that drug thing, whatever, something, when he got back to California, somehow his wife, something happened where he, he, he didn't start right away, so it was like in March, and then mm-hmm. whatever it is, that whole thing fucked that up for us, but on that song, <laughs> during the chorus, I did the DMX, I go, what? I was throwing him in all over because of DMX, you know? <laughs> Imagine a ballet, kind of a quiet rock song, and I go, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. listen, that's, that's awesome, but, but let me ask you this, though, so let me let me go back to there is something wrong. So you guys seem to, yeah, you guys seem to revisit the early days of aftermath. So not not all the way, but definitely some of it is incorporated, in my opinion, some of the really fast stuff that you guys did back then. Okay, I gotta stop you right there, man. Uh-huh. I swear to God, you tonight before, like an hour before, I I was just, boy, you know, I, I knew I was gonna talk to you, so I was just like. Just uh, certainly, you know, you put the name and whatever. Uh-huh. I just put it after me, Chicago Thrash. And then I came down to something. They were reviewing that album. And some guys loved Eyes of Tomorrow a lot. And they didn't think it was like that. Some message board. And uh, uh, one guy goes, I don't know what you guys are complaining, man. What do you just said about the early editor? He goes, I think they just went back to the early stuff more than the progressive <laughs> stuff. And it's pretty much, if any of you guys like Killing Future, this is, they got oh, it on here. Right, right. It's funny, exactly. I never heard it before tonight I read that. Yeah. And before you said it right now, I never know. Nobody ever said it like that. Oh, man, that's real. Because I was just like, cause I'm telling you, I went in there, I dug into it, and I was vibing, man. I was just like, 
Oh, man. Smash reset control. That's total hardcore. (laughs) Trash. Right. (laughs) Oh, by the way, all three, all three albums, the cigarette stuff. All three albums are, it's it's kind of a trilogy. Eyes okay. of Tomorrow, The Risk of right, the right. Wrong, and right, No right, Time right. to Waste. Right, right, indeed, it, indeed. And when you said earlier the, the titles were the lyrics, believe it or not, all the lyrics are positive for everything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Tyler, like, I'm Killing the Future, Chaos, No More Reason, No More Logic, No More Thought, No More Life, Running yeah. Rampant, Going Crazy, Acting Foolish, Killing the Future. Yeah. Look what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm saying society is going to get so stupid, they're not going to believe facts. So they're going to get so dumb that you're going to lose the world because you won't, if you can't prove a fact, mm-hmm. like right now, if me and you are arguing, I can't, it's not daytime outside. It's, uh, it's daytime outside. Right, right, and right. It's, right, not right. That, it's that bad. Yeah. I go, dude, it's fucking daytime now. That's how silly it's gotten, right? Because <laughs> if they tell you, how many genders are there? A uh, two? Oh, no, there's 17. Well, on Facebook, they, they got 95 written. I'll tell you, well, if somebody said that to me, well, if I if you don't bring in front of me gender number three, four, and five, in the next hour, I'll give you a day, I'm going to slap the shit out of you, dude. Because <laughs> you're telling me, don't believe what you see. Right, you're telling me right. what I see with my own eyes, I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was part yeah. of the pre- preemptive program where they started making people with a Mandela effect and bullshit conspiracy stuff where uh-huh. they weren't believing stuff anymore. They're t- right. tricking their mind, gaslighting them in a different way. Yes. Just indeed. like they did with MK Ultra stuff where, right. oh, how about this one thing? I don't know, conspiracy. Laurel Canyon in 69 influenced the whole country, the hippie movement, right? Uh-huh. That's where it all came from, right? right. The, the hills over there, singer songwriters, the doors, Jefferson Airplane, Grateful Dad, mm-hmm. all from the same area. Yeah. Every one of those. Remember, I told you about Morrison's dad, right? Yes, yes. Well, imagine back then, all the hippies go, "Your hero, Jim Morrison. His father is doing all the killing of your friends." Right, right. Indeed, indeed. That's why back then Morrison would go, "My family's died." Right, That's crazy. Yeah. His dad was the leader of uh, Gulf of Tonkin. That was a mm. false flag attack to get America to fight Vietnam so they could sell the war. Wow. All lies. All those people died for no reason besides wow. their little benefit of them, the, the parasites. So, anyways. All those bands, Jefferson Airplane, mm-hmm. grateful that every one of them had family members associated with the CIA. Every really? one of them. Really? And not only that, up there with all their houses, there was a CIA studio. That all, a CIA owned a studio and wow. uh, films and recording. Wow. So, again, coincidence. Why would the evil organization go up there with the musicians? Oh, not only that, the CIA hired, well, who created LSD? You know, all those famous road trips are passing out the head uh-huh. the tabs. Huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, hey. Why did they do that? Because just like they tried to destroy the family, yes. break the bond, send out the women. Women, no, you guys don't need no families. Go out and work. That's why all the uh, women that never had kids and now 50 years old alone and they made some money in some corporation, they're all depressed. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. They, they're t- basically, this is what they're doing. They're Everything natural that's God made, mm-hmm. they invert it. They want you to take their stuff to unnatural stuff. Yeah. yeah. Everything. So in, in a way... What they're doing is so simple, man. They want you. They want you to be bad. That's it. They want. They want you to become. They want you just like you're a bad kid, and you want another kid to play with and make him a bad kid. Yeah. That's all they want you to do on your own. You know. They want. They don't want, like. Yeah, I like doing bad stuff. You know what I mean? Look, Plots look and how schemes. Put, Plots and schemes, man. On a well, large and on a gigantic level. Every single thing, bro. Name any. Name any. Name any. Uh, conspiracy event. I'll tell you how it happens. <laughs> Everyone. Every one of them. I, I'm not even kidding. I wish it wasn't like every one of them. First of all, in that speech back then, he said it from back then, there's three world wars planned. They, yeah. every, the people inside knew there'd always be three. That's why on the song, Give Peace a Chance, uh-huh. on the fourth verse, on you know, the John Lennon song, that's yeah. the only couple of them did, on uh-huh. the end of the album, uh, the fourth verse, John Lennon, 
when we're about to record, I go, man, there's a problem. I go, now I'm thinking about the fourth verse. Len is just thinking all his friends in the room. Because mm-hmm. he did that acoustically first. He was anti-war. Remember, he had a press right. conference when they in bad. That's yeah. where it came from. Yeah. So I didn't want to, it'd be kind of crazy to be saying, John Smith, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. The, other ver- the other verses are, uh, masturbation, flagellation, denulation. It's almost like rap the way I yeah. did it. You know what I mean? Uh, United Nations, congratulations. So he's basically, he knows. Why do you think he's that? He, yeah. he knows this shit. I got you. So, so that fourth verse, when I decided, I named all the wars America was in. I go, mm. uh, um, the first one, uh, man, let's see. Anyways, when you listen to Give Peace a Chance, the fourth verse, yeah. I name all the words. Uh, revolutionary. Uh-huh. And the way, I, I start with that. And when I go one, two, three, never three, I say it real quick, you know, because I know it's going to come. And yeah. stuff like that. And um, what was my point again? I'm sorry about that. I'm just, <laughs> but, yeah, because again, like earlier with you, there's so much, man. And right now, I want, and there's a couple other stories. I want to well, I'm going I'm I'm to say something to you. You you need to when well we're gonna get close. I'm gonna wrap this up here in a sec. But I what I want to to do is you come back, man, one day when when you have some free time and let's just talk about. I want to sit and listen to you, you speak about these conspiracy theories. I want to I want to I want to talk about it. You got a lot to say about it, and I want to hear it. I want to I want to know just exactly what you think. So we'll make it. If 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 you're cool with that, we'll make no, it some no, time where it. we can I'll have that conversation together. No, I'll do it good, man. Because. Again, see when I say this next thing, I, I'm so worried. I when I see somebody lying, I can tell right away. You know, when uh-huh. I when I get the feeling right uh-huh. to the point when we got um, when we were looking for to get a house, we went into a bank and I I wanted to get out of the room. Uh-huh. All bank was called. Uh, I got our old neighbor before we moved to this neighborhood. Yeah, right. my mom was gonna get money, and I I didn't like the guy. The next day he was arrested, and it was on the news. I remember for something he did at the bank embezzling. Right, that's wow. dumb. It doesn't matter about that. But I'm yeah. saying I could. I always get this feeling right, and. Uh, I would love that to do that because I feel like I got to say this stuff because it's happened to me and I've counted it, man, eight times where I can name the people because they were friends. Like, well, you know, you're driving home and you got somebody with me or my friend Orlando or Noah or Steve or Mike. I can name them, right? Uh-huh. Where, and I started talking about this stuff, right? And I swear it happened in a car. It was eight times. I know it's eight, but seven was in a car where I'm driving. And I, two or three hours when it was supposed to be, to be dropping them off. Only because at the last minute I mentioned it, and I it's so much to say. I think, man, how can I say this? I, I hate it. It bothered me too, but I almost felt like all the other stuff people I said it, but when I get on a roll, I feel like it's just them. I wish more people could hear it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like I, I I got cotton mouth. I was just dropping them off. I'm all sweaty now. My butt's hurting from sitting in the car when I went. I'm not even crazy. Later, I'll talk to you. Oh yeah, you don't know those papers, and then they'll, and then all of them in. They just sat and listened. Right. I mean, right. and then they didn't stop, and I would keep going because the ten years, especially when I've been these past ten years, especially I've been more when I was reaching like my twenties and thirties. I was never in my house, man. I, I, another not exaggeration. Since I turned twenty-one, not before, from the day I turned twenty-one, seven nights a week I was out every night, never right. because it was a way of life. I never thought of just that's how I lived. Yeah. So. Until ten, about ten years ago, all this stuff came together with that fight, researching things, really yeah. getting into re- deep research. So that's the first time in my life where I didn't have a, a lot of people around me every night. Mm. So even the friends that I'm talking about, they, I wasn't seeing them every night. Right. You know, it, it, I, and it got less and less until the point now. You know, I might see something. I might. I want to tell people, and I don't go online and just say everything. And I don't. I, 
I feel people should know is what I'm saying. So okay. what you just said, I'd love to do that, man. Hey, man. So we'll, we'll 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 make sure, and I'll, I'll make sure I keep up with Shauna. I just like listen. Next time Charlie's available, let's let's get together and, and let's do you know do something and have that conversation specific. Exactly, and then and that'll be maybe you can even map it out if you want. And if you got questions, like if you whatever you whatever you're questioning, like you don't know the whatever the event that you question, put it down and then ask me those questions. Well, I'll explain exactly no, how no, it happened. No, no, like, I, oh, I, Charlie, I, all right. Well, how did this? Because you know, there's always been a conspiracy. Blah blah blah. What do you got to say about that? And I'll explain I, anything, man. I got you. Yeah, that's 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 the format that we're gonna go with. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, so, yeah, because so that sounds. Ahead, that sounds like. Hey, do you ever come to Chicago? I have a, a a good friend that used to be the drummer Nails uh in the band with me. He played in Stuck Mojo for a little bit. Uh, Nails, he lives right outside Chicago. So uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah, yeah Nails. Yeah. I don't know him, but yeah. I, I think he hung out in the city. Because he used He's to been play, here for a while, a, right? He used to be, yeah. He used to play in the band Sand Frog with uh Scott Spezio, also. Yeah, a real, real cool dude, man. Talented dude, talented. Dude. Well, the reason I was saying is, if you ever come in, we got to hang out. Of course, of course. Yeah. Listen, listen, and then um, I have uh, uh, in-laws that live up there, also. So yeah, uh, I'll, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm around, so I'm not one of those guys that I, I'll, I'll tell, you know, we'll hang out. We'll go wherever you want. What, you know? what, one hundred percent. Okay, so, so young man. So, so that your your band members and other people don't get upset with you. Let's yeah. talk about that new album. Are you reading my mind, man? With the, let, let, right let, now, let, I should, I, right <laughs> when you started saying, and I kept you going. I was going, hey, man, yeah, because I got to talk a little about yeah, the album. Let, let's talk about the new it. album, No Time to Wait. So it just dropped on March 17th. So please tell the watchers and listeners why checking this album out is a win-win for all of us. Because when we made the concept album and we were pointing out Identifying the enemy, that album there was something wrong. You get a dark feeling from it. The interludes, there the noise. You get right. you get a feeling of it's chaotic. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. Even the way it begins, can you feel it? That's my niece right. when she was a little girl in uh -huh. the beginning. And yeah. uh, it said, "Can you feel it?" And it was building the first song, "False Flag Flying." It goes, "We're back without apathy. We know our enemy. Thirty-three mm -hmm. degrees masonry." And Zoy's our mascot. We go, Zoid is here to set you free. As right, a little right, joke, right, you know? Right, right. Because we're back because we were gone for 20 years. Yes. So that was like real serious, like angry. But this is the same topic, but it's the third part of the trilogy where it's finally saying how we can do this and we can do this without violence. We can do this without damage. Mm -hmm. We just got to, as opposed to the woke, how they kidnap the awakening, mm -hmm. you need the, it's a great awakening now because. The information is getting out there. There's no reason anybody should believe the lies anymore. You know, right. if you have common sense and you really get, this is explained like we could do this together. You know what I mean? Together we can break the spell, drain the right. bloodlines. Like uh, uh, the first song, um, "No Time to Waste," begins obviously. You know, because all the other ones, "Eyes of Tomorrow," seen looking into the future. Uh, we figured out that there definitely is something wrong with the world. It, it isn't what they say it is, and now we know there's no time to waste. You know, mm -hmm. first of all, you know, just do good and be good. And uh, um, the second song, Original Instructions, basically describes how you kind of like were given a sleight of hand and you were like kind of like tricked into falling into this corporate system mm -hmm. uh, without realizing it. And it talks all about the parasitic bloodlines creating the rules. Right. And, uh, uh, actually, the first words are killing, killing the future, killing the past, killing the meantime. Taking a trash, but killing the future, you know, our demo mm -hmm. is the first yes. sentence. Yes. And then slavable is saying, We're not your animals. Um, we're made of clay, uh, 
it's it's saying we're not we're not we don't we don't uh, consent with the system the whole system yes. but see i don't want to get too it, it's everything's positive every one of the songs like echo chamber saying get away from the the same group that's telling you the same information echoing around you got to yes. go outside and research uh, outside like just like when i traveled to europe when i was younger and to mm -hmm. see what the world is before you judge it you know what i mean yes. and, yes. and then Str straw man in the house of cars yes. is about the that's tr strictly about the uh you have to know a lot about conspiracies to know because there's very little lyrics. Is if you don't know, you you won't think. You think it's poetry, right. like sleight of hand, <laughs> uh, or he's a person, not a man. It says, or one part where we go, straw man gonna blow the house down. You know that one part was almost sounds like gospel part, and I'm underneath going, uh, you got to feel sorry for the man. That's all about. You should have known it, man, but you you were tricked into it. The, the birth certificate, capital, uh, capitalizing your name, all that stuff, early, taking you yeah. from a person that's turning me to a man, you know, it's switching the kid. So when you're born alpha, you're free. The omega, uh, the meantime, and then the omega's death. You signed over your whole meantime, your whole oh, middle. Hey, you know, compliment. and that's why they even changed the time of birth to being one years old. You, the real way you're supposed to do it is when you're in the belly is the one. You're supposed to count it from that. Right, right, right. I got you. And that, that's with numerology because everything is cold and it's rituals. And the reason, oh, the reason you believe in God too, this should tell you is why do the people that run the world, the so-called masters of mankind, have rituals? And we do You can't say they don't. How can you say that they believe in the devil? Well, maybe because all the elite men meet it. Bohemian Grove once a year outside of San Francisco in the woods for two weeks and they worship fucking satanic Horus in black gowns and they do a human sacrifice called cremation of uh, care because they have all the burden of the world in their shoulders because they're the masters. Wow. It's no Bohemian Grove. I mean, look at the picture. Just just go Bohemian Grove with Google. Yeah, look yeah. What comes up. If they, imagine woods, black gowns, Horus, effigy, gigantic on stage. Horus is the satanic god of Egypt. Yeah. I can't wait till we have that conversation, man. I'm telling you, I got, I got, I got well, finish oh, up. Don't no, finish up. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, uh, oh, <laughs> even the word conspiracy theorist, right? Yeah, right. Uh, well, I'm going up with this, but CIA, correct. There were, a memo went out after the Kennedy association, uh, assassination mm -hmm. of Hollywood. I mean, real memo. In the next, from now on, this term, conspiracy theorist, put it in all the movies and everything, but make sure when it's said, there's, Laughter from the crowd, like he's a. And they said it a right. lot. Point and ridicule. He's a conspiracy. Screaming. He's a conspiracy theorist. Right. Directions to Hollywood, because back then, you know, it, first of all, back then there was only like a handful of uh, studios that control mm -hmm. Hollywood. It wasn't yeah. like and TV. There weren't a million channels. It was right. ABC, NBC. So right. it was a memo. I mean, and this is one hundred percent true. So this ain't no conspiracy theory that they did this. And right. I told you about the marijuana. I mean, that alone should get me to go, what the fuck's up with that agency? The alphabet agencies. <laughs> the alphabet agencies are all evil. So, and then we don't need a ride on the album. It's like, yeah. you know, where are all the whistleblowers? Where are they gone? Where are the people that used to help people? Where are the people, like, you know, like, you know, that famous thing in New York City where some lady was getting raped out of the courtyard of an apartment and a million people seen it and nobody did nothing? Right. Like, if you see somebody getting hurt, let, let's say right now me and you are walking down the street and mm -hmm. we see this poor lady getting mugged or whatever. Man, I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in there, man. I'm gonna try to help. Her. I, I, exactly. I would never just witness that right, shit. Right, indeed. I mean, otherwise it, you're a pathetic human being. Right, right. And so, it, and it, it has no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Don't, don't that's what uh, uh, we don't need a riot is. Yeah. And it's uh, but then it goes. Uh, we don't need a riot. That's what they want. That's what they need. That's what they need. Us rioting. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then uh, 
Uh, there's one song. What other, uh, which other one did I say? But anyways, all of them are in a positive vibe. Gotcha. We've identified the problems, but we don't need to solve them the old way. Like in the, the Vietnam people, they want to go all revolutions of the street chaos. Uh-huh. All yeah. you need to know, man, is that they're doing it. Because once you know it, the gig is up. Yeah. That's their biggest fear. That us knowing the truth. Like one time, Bush Senior was quoted amazing. Man, if the public knew what we were, what we did to them, they they, they hung, drunk, and cornered us in the town square, or something like that. He said. <laughs> so, do you know when you say that? What I think about? I want to say two things before we end this. I think about the movie Men in Black when Tommy Lee Jones tells Will Smith, he said, "No, if the public knew what was going on, it'd be chaos and craziness." I'm paraphrasing, but he'd be like, "It'd be." It'd be chaos because they're not understanding what's going on. That's one yeah. thing I always say, like, that means something. I don't know if people are really paying no, attention no, no, to that. It means no, something. It means. And, and also, I have a song on our, our on Matt and it's Plastic Catastrophe with Lord Nelson. And, and we have a song on there called Everything That I've Been Told that I wrote. And so much of the stuff that you're saying is everything that I've been told I now question. Others' truths I bought and sold as life lessons. All that glitters is not gold. Uh, I can't remember, but anyway, it's that. It's like I look at things so differently now. You know, I'm just like, you need man, to. I'm older now, so it's just like, wow. No. You know, it's like, okay, you know. I mean, I'm talking about on every level. It's just, it's just kind of all right, all right, right there. I think you're reading my mind. I don't know what the hell. Right, we said level. I was gonna tell you about everything. I was gonna go everything. Every, <laughs> it's everything, bro. Everything, man. Yeah. They've been working on this forever. First of all, see when you're when you're so into finding it. You're going to see it so easily because yeah. I was already, all these things already bother me. Like, uh, like I told you, Kill the Future, the song Meltdown out there. This, yeah. the, back then, the birth, disease, filth, spread it without guilt. We die. You lie. What's that? In the sky. Meltdown, meltdown. Fragile <laughs> little puppets controlled by a few. The yeah. ruling class is never chosen by you. Yeah. One day they'll kill us. Now that's the truth. Can we prevent it? Is there anything we could do? Yeah. Fragile people's the next word. People's crying eyes, living with fears. Watch our world die, crumble with fear. Scream, let us live. Forget the hate. Try to stop these final mistakes or the rest. You know, that's that's me as a kid. I wrote that. I go uh, poisoning from the sky. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about chemtrails back then and stuff. Right. Poison. This was yeah, a, yeah, like yeah. war for freedom is about when Greece was enslaved by the Turks for 400 years, and yes. it was them a sense for freedom. It's all about breaking free. You know, mm. uh, war for freedom to you know to, to be a free nation. You know, what I mean, yes. every nation should be free. Or even when will you die? Is like how people use people for money, and they uh-huh. just use them till when will you die so I can get your money? Mm. You know, that was the only one that wasn't social. You know, yeah. and that chaos is the one that really breaks down. Like chaos. Uh, is important for us continuing the trilogy because it's it's questioning the the dumbing down of society. You know what right. I mean? Indeed. So all of them were pop- like your parents told you lies were treated your fault. That's what they believe. That's what they know. The youth would be destroyed by no one's fault. The youth would be unemployed, unemployed. Wait, you know what I mean? Read the lyrics. You know, you know, just like you, you yeah. put in your mind. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. But it, it was warning back then, so I didn't know really. Then I was just doing an interview, and that's why in the old days, if you see any old interviews around that time, because there's interviews, you know, from zines. What what's the songs about? I can never say because I couldn't say it like this. Now, what was I going to say back in that? Like other bands, well, this is about World War. Blah, blah, blah. I go, this is about people like kind of getting losing their, uh, you know, the common sense. You know, I didn't know how to word it that. You know, because yeah. I was feeling I could all those songs. I could. It's funny that I could describe not perfectly what they were, but when I couldn't back then. Yes, because I got you. that's why I think everything's kind of weird that's happening to me because all the lyrics like. 
man, what they're doing to humanity is a shame, man, because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, life wouldn't be like this. We're not born to have cancer. We're not born right. to hate each other. We're not born to work at the system they created with, believe it or not, man, the gowns like the three city states, Vatican, Lower London, uh, District of Columbia. Why do you think they all got the same look out of the gowns? They're all involved in all the same shit. Why yeah. do you think they acknowledge each other? Why does the president always got to go see the Pope? You know, always got to go see the 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 queen man first of all if we know anything the, the fucking british royal are, are the biggest parasites in the world first of all in the fucking uh, royal palace they had, their best friend was jimmy Neville. he was the worst pedophile in the world he would rape mm. retarded kids he would take over hospitals full of retarded kids and rape them all day wow I mean, and he was, and he was a national thing. As he was that crazy-looking comedian, you know. They always hung out. Prince Charles always hung out with. He, I mean, he's famous now. Though Britain knows it's exposed that he's a child molester, you know. Yeah. Got He hung out with the world family. He, they would ask. He was involved with them, right? And when they asked, him, they didn't know he was a child molester. That you know, famous. I mean, first of all, what what royal guy, anyways, was photographed a million times at Epstein's parties. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. First of all, the, the Epstein's party wasn't just where these people use children. You know how many kids go missing a year, man? Yeah. You know, yeah. what do you think they do those kids? You know what adrenochrome is? Mm-mm. Adrenochrome, even as a medicine now, it's to keep young. You know, when they made it into the artificial adrenochrome, uh-huh. look up adrenochrome, it's to, it, it, to give you youth, you know? Like if you even. Okay. It, it's, it's also, see, I, I don't know if I say this, man. It's about kids, man, what they do to them to get there. Well, just right. know that uh, when we get together, we're going to, I'm going to let well, you, I want you they to They use go. them, it's a drug, the yeah. blood, adrenochrome. What do you think spirit cooking is with Abramovich? And why do you think they're kind of going, right now, did you notice they're even trying to uh, make pedophiles, they, they ch- they're changing the name for them, uh, some uh, uh, young addictive or something like that. Where they I shouldn't think be I, saw, I, I saw something like that, yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. You know, that's part of the agenda, man. You know, they want to make pedophiles, I mean. Basically, everything that's terrible for you is what they're doing. You know what I mean? Well, you and, know, uh, I, I, I say this, that I always tell people this, and I believe it is. It's, I always say this is the Lord quote. The world's not crazy. It's the people in it. And I really believe it. I believe that there's so many crazy and evil individuals. I used to listen. I'm a person, just like I said, I'm a military kid. I grew up. I got I always my thing is like it's all love. And I mean that because I got love for people. But I'm telling you, the older I get, the more I look around, I'm just like, man, there's so many evil, crazy people out here, man. And they're being, yeah, they think about it, man. man. It's like, what is going on, man? And as my boys, Relentless and and uh, Hell B from the um the band um, Ven- excuse me, Vengeance from Napa, California, they always like, can we just have better human beings, man? Can we just have better fucking human beings? Well. Man. That's true, because when you see shows like the show Monster, where uh, people, you know, the way they murder people, and I didn't know there was this many, because until the internet, you know, where they, when there's a series, you know, this is Monsters or whatever, all these uh, murder pockets, where, man, murder after murder after murder after murder, you know, like, right. and um, the chopping up of people or eating people like Dom or thing, but that's as evil as you can get, those are terrible human beings, but believe it or not, they made them that way. Yeah. They made it that way, bro. They want that because those people were brainwashed. To if the government wanted good people, they could have brainwashed good people. That's they could have did all the good uh, thing. I mean, if, see, I, I don't want to sound stupid and explain it to anybody unless I have like horror movies. All that play a role in it. It desensitizes you and see the world. You know the stuff that we think are magic. They're not really magic, man. Because when I was a little kid, when they when, when it was a little bit free more society, black and white videos where sounds would make evil designs by vibrations or 
good vibration, good designs. Mm. I mean, I remember that as a kid, black and white, seeing it in school, and it's some evil and kid. I mean, that that's mind blowing. And over and over, it wasn't yes, just like one hundred percent. Yeah, and that 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 was shown in school. I mean, you'll never see that now. You know, tell, tell the kids. Why do you think they have? I mean, think about that because that's the stuff they original instruction. That's the stuff from they all hid. They hid it from us, man. Yeah. That's why once in a while we got deja vu. Put it this way: that was all suppressed in us. They, they, imagine if we lived in a world where we knew we did that, and they let us expand on that. They put us under this umbrella through contract where we're in their world, and we accepted it. Right. We signed the deal with them. Yes, that's why you, people used to tell us when we were young and we didn't believe man, uh, some European guys. See, that's the thing about going to Europe. That's where we got a lot of the, where I remember one time we were arguing with some guy. Because we go, my dad owns this. He goes, your dad doesn't own your house. The government owns your house. I remember we were going, you're crazy, dude. We own this. You were little kids, right? Right. Yeah, we don't. It doesn't matter. You might have paid off. But trust me, don't pay taxes. Don't take it away right away. From They'll me. take it right away. <laughs> yeah. So you never really own it. Or if they want to build a railroad through something, trust me. You're not do it. That's right. We own this right here. Yeah, you know, we we still own this, no matter what. Yeah, this is yeah. for the government here. Yes, yeah, they, yes, it's that slave they create, and through that, it's the Federal Reserve. First of all, when you tell people, I remember my brothers in law school. Well, now I think anybody who goes through universities, when I mean, if they're, they're idiots right away because you got to deprogram them. Because to make it through that, they teach you what they want you to know. Mm. You know what I mean? Think about it. all doctors are morons, man. Doctors are drug pushers. One year they're pushing uh, Adderalls, they're pushing fucking uh, painkillers. That's heroin, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and then. And don't get me started on COVID, man. In November 2019, COVID started March 2020, right? I'm not sure exactly what. what yeah, started. March. Yeah, it's 2021 started. Mm -hmm. November. Go look up event 201 on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's 10 videos of meetings uh, hours long, right? Nobody's going to sit through that. You know what? I seen them in November. Before, four months before lockdown, mask. You know, before anybody knew about COVID. It wasn't talked about yet. Right. You know what right. they were saying? Well, just in case in the future we get any new diseases, we're going to have to do lockdowns, literally. Mm -hmm. uh, mask wearing, never ever, have you ever, at that point I go, mask wearing, six feet, all that, they mentioned it. Right. Four months later, it all happened. Wow, that's crazy. Ben 201, it's on YouTube, go look it up. And I, right, right after this. I know they that. Were all, were they all Nostradamus just gathered together in South right. America? Because the big meeting of the WHO. I can't wait for my boy Lucas, he's going to listen. He's gonna love you. He's gonna love well, this I want to. I want to make somebody that deny that. I mean, he's gonna love that stuff. You can't. You can't hide. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He's gonna love this conversation because he always has those conversations with me. He's just like, "Hey, man, I'm trying to tell you, man, to listen to me, whatever." So you saying like this? If he's a, if, he, if, if they put him under the conspiracy theorist, your group, he know he's right. I mean, <laughs> anybody that's a conspiracy, they're vindicated. My album, there is something wrong. Every year that goes by, there's not all those lyrics on there. Every year, they're 100% true. Every year, the people that didn't think that, if they learn stuff, they'll, they'll go, they go, wow, that's true, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, there's nothing I, nothing on there that will, I would give somebody, if it was a, not a, a person not that would deny facts, if it was a common sense person getting into it, I'd give them all the money I have to prove it wrong, you know? I'd yeah, buy them all the money you couldn't no, do it. No, it's it's, it's going to be love, man. And I just want to let you know, I appreciate this conversation, man. This is a great conversation. Well, and, and I thank you for just being open and honest and just free freewheeling and just doing what you do. And I it really bad. I, I hopped in there every so often, but I, it's like I didn't want to cut you off, man. You know, yeah. but 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 it's 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 love and I and I thank you uh 
for the, the entire conversation. It was great. Man, man, man I, I really, I mean, I mean it, man. I mean, you said, like, I, I know five right now, I can think of where I was thinking, and you answered, I mean, you said, you said you had questions that I was answering them, where you didn't even have to ask them. You were saying stuff. It happened five times where, I mean, that when that happens, it, it doesn't happen all the time. There's people, man, you know how many people I talk to, man, where I couldn't even talk to them because it's, it's not even worth it anymore because anything they say, because, with me, man, I, I'm not gonna get let people get away with mistakes. Like my niece, we went out today, like somewhere, like uh, at a drive-through, right? And the lady, they were doing dumb things, like putting a sticker on my window, like on my rear window. When there's a, it's not like a gigantic restaurant. It was just one little hall, just stupid stuff. But not even shout this young generation. People go, don't get mad, just be the fun. Like even if a waitress does something wrong, they get embarrassed. Right. So I was trying to explain to her a car earlier, a twelve-year-old. I go, listen, sit next to me. I go, listen, man, when people are wrong. They gotta find out they're wrong because that's how the world became stupid. Didn't you lose know, somebody saw chaos? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I didn't do that. And then I grabbed her by the hair. <laughs> yeah. No, I never hit a woman. That's why that one girlfriend ran me over a car. I can't hit a woman unless unless she was coming with a knife. I'm gonna pretend. But I can't. I mean, I first of all, you know. I, I, I kind of I, I know how to fight too. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, a guy that isn't afraid to fight, a, a, a real guy that thinks sensibly, fighting a woman is the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? Right. You might as well beat yourself. Uh, you beat yourself up after if you were. I mean, and plus, um, you know what the thing is, man, about bad people and stuff like that. The last thing I'll say, so I won't carry it on for your friends. That really, I don't think they're that bad. I think the brainwashing and the world we're in makes you that's, bad. But I really believe. It's meant to be that way. I really believe this is a testing ground to pull out the because I don't think we're now that I think there's more to life after you know you die and it's blackness. Uh-huh. No more living, no no more nothing. You're done, right? Right. I think there's some I think we go somewhere our souls. Somewhere else, yeah. yeah, indeed. So indeed. we'll leave it at do good, be good. Yeah, indeed. Listen, listen, you, you, when you know better, you do better. <laughs> well, it doesn't it feel good not to lie? Doesn't it feel good to be a good human being? I, I think that is a, a great thing. I really pride myself in you know, doing my best to be the best person that I can, man. And, man, uh, and I know you don't. Even... Yeah, a lot of people don't understand how I'm just like, you know, I just take things. I was just like, well, man, I'm not trying to live in that world there. I'm not trying to live in that world there. But I like I like knowledge and information and, and, and you've given a lot of it. That's why I said, you know, I welcome you to have another conversation with me just about Anytime, this time. Man. I think it'd be very, very good. So well, uh, so we're born in your part and that would would be something we didn't need to really rely on that at all. Yeah, right. Like you don't right. talk about. So with you, man. Uh, see, I I know you're not a conspiracy theorist. You're not like a, a me or like right. that. Uh, uh-huh. But I could tell. Plus the vibe I get from you, right? Uh-huh. But I could tell you you're not the kind of guy. You got enough common sense when you start hearing enough stuff like that. You're gonna go. That's right. That doesn't make sense, man. Right. Indeed. You know Indeed. the ridiculous. I, I mean. I mean, come on, you st- we stopped believing in Santa, right? That was crazy, right? You, you imagine if you were a dog, you know, this guy comes in through the chimney and where you get, I mean, kids should figure out by at least, for your, I, I, I'd hate to see my niece, now she was 11, going, yeah, I can't wait for a Santa bring me stuff. <laughs> right. What are you talking about, man? Your dad gets you that stuff, right? It's just, that's as silly as you laugh as me, though. You know, one time there's going to be, Buildings don't fall like this. It's impossible. Thousands of architects said it. But one day in New York City, three buildings fell the same way that never happened in history. Right, indeed. indeed. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's that, that is funny. Well, well let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. I asked this question for everybody. It's last question. What is the last song you listened to? You see? Hey, guys. Uh, 
um, I take the serious. I don't want to say the wrong one, you know, because <laughs> I was listening to them on, you know, well, you know, on Spotify, so it keeps a record. But I've been really in a, the past twenty four hours because I've been uh, awake. You know, I work at UPS by the way, over here at night from eight to usually around midnight, five uh-huh. Monday through Friday. Right. So that's loading airplanes. So oh, I got here, but I saw music. You know, come on, you know, that's best for music. So yes, that's the last things I listen. You know what I really love, man, out of the last couple of stuff, okay. and this that wasn't the last song is that last Maiden album. Last Iron Man, you, you you like that? Yeah. Well, I I stopped liking any Maiden albums after Power <laughs> Slave, uh, for sure. Oh, wait, Power Slave. Yeah, what was after Power Slave? Um, somewhere in time. Wasted years. Good. Yeah, well, basically, I didn't like any Maiden album until this last one. I don't get it why. I mean, what's the... But the hey, maybe I have to laugh with Kristen about that. Yeah, man. Oh, I, I know what last song I listened to. Um, right here. Uh, by the Stones, man. Um, do you like uh, the Rolling Stones? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I listen to, uh, actually, um, what's it called? Uh, here's the title. It's on Go Ahead Soup. I listen to 100 Years. A hundred years was the last one. Hundred years. I like to ask that question because somebody might come up with something I haven't heard before. I want to go out there and listen to it. Have uh, you ever heard hundred years? I don't. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go peep it out here in a second. You might never hear, but look, you, you'll get the vibe right away how killer it is, man. Listen. Is it playing? Because I can't hear it. Oh, you can't hear it. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. What else? How are you hearing? Where's my voice? Nothing else. A little bit. I got it. What's it gonna be? Yeah, okay, I heard that. Yeah, it did, it did, it did, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just always mixed voice too, man. They just gotta. You know. <laughs> I just love the song. Look at we go. The police in New York City. Music, man. What, what's what's better than music, man? Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard it. I'm not a big ZZ Top fan, but it's called, uh, it's so fucking cool, man. Everybody I play this, everybody. Like, first of all, everyone goes, who is it? Right away when I play. I was in the parking lot the other day, blasting because I took my mom shopping. I was waiting outside in my car. Yeah. Some guy, I don't know, he goes, hey, who is this, man? I go see these stuff. He goes, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this song is called Master of Sparks. Master of Sparks. You ever heard that? I don't know if I heard that. Listen to this. The groove, man. Yeah, it's got a great groove. It's actually about a story about their friend that got stuck in the back of a truck and Master of Sparks because 
he had something out of it. It was sparking when it hit cement, you know, like a steel. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Some right. crazy story like that. What the hell was that about? But kick ass song. But the thing is, having Spotify, everything's out here. And when you go on a musical kick, man, it's almost like with, I, I almost want to hear everything and the whole night. And yeah, almost like yeah. playing a whole song is almost too hard. You know what I mean? Oh, like, my Because you see the next one, oh, I want to hear that one next, you know? Yeah, because like I, I said, I like everything. Yeah, like, when uh, I get out there, when I get out driving, man, I just have my playlist of different music. And my children would always just look at me like, Dad, you are the wildest dude in the world because I'm playing everything. And I can go from some, I mean, extremes. And they're just like, this dude is a wild all right. dude. That's you funny know? you said. Yeah. See, this is another thing. I love you said. It. See, who says it? My playlist, I was just going to show you. And you started yeah. talking about yours. <laughs> Extreme. Look, all right. St- I'll say Stones, uh, Nina Simone, uh, Betsy Klein. Yes. Fuji's, Romantics, <laughs> Moody <laughs> Blues, Bengals, Racketeurs. Monkeys, Bob Seger, DC Boys, Prince. Oh my god. The band. Nirvana. Uh, The Cult. Beach Boys, Good Vibe. I mean, fascinating. The Cure. Zeppelin, you know, Terrence Trent Darby. Ah, sign your name. (laughs) Come on, man. Well, that's not his name anymore. His name now is uh, Sanada. But he put this album out called Symphony of Damn. You never heard that? I don't know if I heard Symphony of Damn. Oh it's, it's a masterpiece, bro. Hey, he's a great singer, man. All, yeah. all I do, man. Yeah, listen, listen. I, I hate it. Listen. <laughs> listen, I was singing this one track. Oh my God, it's so good. His voice is amazing. This song is called Ice the Monster. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Hey, man. I don't think think people really understand, man. You know, I don't understand when people don't love music because I I, I love music, man. I just can't. There's nothing. I mean, when I said about the movies or the soundtrack, Take music out of life. We'll see uh, how many people fucking probably want to suicide because it'll be so boring without music. You know what I'm saying? Yes, indeed. Yes, I indeed. mean, just those songs right now. Didn't they, they see that? I still love you. I was in Greece when that came out. It was like in the eight. Well, and that song reminds me of a girlfriend, you know, uh-huh. that I was in love with, and I, I missed her when I was on vacation. Right. And I, I was in a great place, and I still wanted to be back with her. You know. Yeah. So right now, hearing that is just like it's, it ties in together. Well, I mean, this is uh, priceless. You know. It's awesome. Well, young man. If you don't mind, uh, give give your social media contacts. So uh, I mean, your social media information and your contact information. If anybody needs uh, to get with the the great well, Charlie from Aftermath. Well, for for me, like I don't have an email. My I don't email. I told you I'm real old school. I don't. I just use cash too. <laughs> Listen, I'm just getting to the point where I'm understanding. Like it's almost like. People don't even carry cash anymore. Almost, oh, that's like, crazy. It's crazy, like, it's crazy. At UPS, everybody gets electronic uh, checks. Every I go every Thursday because we get paid once a week. Up in the office, and, I, and somebody goes. Uh, one other guy does. He goes. I don't want to go up there. I feel like bothering. I go bothering him. It's my money, man. Bothering him. I just bust in. And one time last week, I was singing a lyric when I busted in their office. Right? Yeah. Something like maybe it was Tim's where I come in. I didn't know I had headphones. I didn't know it was a meeting going on. Uh-huh. I, it was a, and I opened the door and I was singing. The thing. I go, Here I, oh, 
Terrence says, oh, want, here I come, because he says, they want, I open that door, and it just close it out. I want to go, here I come. And everybody turn around. And I go, oh, man. It's called, do you love me? I, it's a song. Yeah. I'm not going to play it for you. Waste more time. But yeah. literally, I, I, see that? I didn't tell anybody that. that nobody Because in my mind, I go, man, that's such so funny, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just yeah. so timing. Perfect. The timing, oh. yes, indeed. Yeah, because I go up to the office because I, I get a paper check. Then, right, right. You still get a paper. No direct deposit for you. <laughs> well, they even told me the other day. I go, man, am I the only one getting it? He goes, no, oh, there's a couple more of you. <laughs> I got you. Well, look, young man, Charlie, I really appreciate it. Once again, we will get back together as soon as possible and uh, have another great conversation, man. Well, for I, that, I want you to, I, I want, you know, for that, for be serious, just whatever you have questioning, I want to give you the real answer. I, I, I'm gonna, I, I won't even smoke for that. I'll be real no, you know, focused. Listen, I'm on it, and it's going to be a great time and a great conversation, man. And and once again, I really appreciate it. I thank you for your time. Uh, I thank you, man. This was a pleasure, man. Oh, man, this is this is great. Man. I just wish you lived in the city so we could hang out. Yeah, indeed, man. No doubt about it, man. Well, listen, we, we'll have to make that happen still, man. It's going to be love, man. It's all love. It, it, it really and is. And if we have a tour, because, you know, we'll see what shows we're doing, the Metal Fest, uh-huh. the Milwaukee one on Saturday. You're not going to yeah. be in Milwaukee for the uh, Metal Fest, are you? You, said you know, the, the thing Jamie Josta's doing, hey, Breed, he bought the name Metal Fest, Milwaukee. So, so you said, oh, it's in Milwaukee. When, when, yeah. And when, and when is it? It's um, it, it's uh, uh, it's um March. Hold on, let me tell you exactly. Oh, it's, it's, it's this is this month here. No, no, it's um, it's uh March twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth. Uh, there's Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Friday night, Dark Angel and Napalm Death are uh, the head uh, corrosion conformity. Yeah. Saturday night is uh, Anthrax, Suicidal Tendencies, Black Dahlia, Murder, Shadows Fall, Obituary. Fear Factory, Sunday's Lamb of God, Machine Head, and whatever. Okay, so that's a, that's a major festival. Yeah, and we're playing the Saturday night. Yeah, and then uh, and then we're doing a show here May twentieth at Live with this band from uh, a young thrash band from uh, actually I, I forgot what to say, but they're called Tyrant. Well, I I, I know that the, the March days I know probably not. Actually, my sister would be uh, coming down from Boston, um, spending some time. But uh, now nah, we have to see about some of those other days, man. If I if there's an opportunity, man, because I enjoy stuff like that, man. Well, maybe we'll come. You never know. Maybe we'll play somewhere closer. But what I'm saying, if you ever come to see us live, what you hear on the album, you'll hear exactly the exact way it sounds live. And listen, I love it. it Just besides great. me going crazy up there, you know. I, I, I mean, <laughs> That's all I, love. I look forward to it, man. I look forward to it, man. So once again, man, thank you so very much, man. I really appreciate Same. it, man. I thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it is yours truly, the Lord Nelson. That is from Charlie from Chicago, an upside down Madonna (laughs) from the podcast Live and Loud with the Lord on the CMS Network. With who again? Charlie Charlie from Aftermath from Chicago, Chicago. That guy. And there's no time to waste. And there's no time to waste. He's that guy. That's right. But a, a, a great conversation, man. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Was it was great bro. talking to you, bro. It was yes, great it meeting you. Yes, it and likewise to whatever you say, I had a, I had a blast, man. Indeed, man. I appreciate you, bro. You, I said, really the, do. you said it high now, man, because first of all, <laughs> you did it the hours I want. And uh, and you were, you, we were thinking that same wavelength. So, you know, think about it. A guy like me, I, I don't want to now. Uh, I want this all the time, and it's never going to happen again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, come on. 
And listen, what are the and, chances and, and, you're saying the same time. thing. I want individuals just like you too, man. You know, so that's love, man. So we we got a, a respect for each other, man. That's love, man. No doubt. Well, well, yeah, because because man, just be good, man. Don't don't lie that's to people. Right. And first of all, lying's confusing, man. Yeah, Who wants to it. deal with it? And just be a good person, man. Yes, sir. What are you all right? Saying? It's a all pleasure. Right, and, be and good, we'll man. talk again soon, and yes, let me know whenever you want me to do the conspiracy. I will. I'll, I'll reach right. out to Sean and let it be known. Yes, indeed. Later, Lord. All right, man. Be good, Charlie. You <laughs> too. Right. All right. Peace. <laughs> Listening to Live and Loud with the Lord, Nelson, that is.